craft, ability, aptitude, expertise, genius, gift. I'm the fucking talent. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? I, I, am I close enough? Am I far enough away? Am I Jimmy Ray? Am I Bobby Ray? You ever hear that song? There's a song, a song this is like from uh, the 80s, I think, but perhaps the 90s. You know what? This song came out yesterday. Uh, it's a song called Are You Jimmy Ray? And it's by, get, brace yourselves, guys. It's by a guy named Jimmy Ray. And if I remember correctly, the song goes, are you Bobby Ray? And he's like, no, no, no. Or no, he might know. I'm confusing that with the uh, ganja chef on Fridays. Our good friend, Darrow Igus, who you may have also seen in Crossroads with our, our even better friend, Ralph Macchio. Uh, he and I are very tight. And uh, Jamie Gertz, who, by the way, if you don't know this about Jamie Gertz, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow the lid off this. And I will tell you this. I probably said this on a previous show because I found out about it years ago. And I was like, what the fuck? Jamie Gertz, who you all know from uh, many shows in the past, like the aforementioned Crossroads, and certainly uh, from Lost Boys, Michael, 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 <laughs> I don't sound like Kiefer. I have a pretty good, uh, my, my throat, I got a Sam Elliott thing happening right now. Not Sam Elliott, but as close as I will get with my voice. Uh, there was some shouting involved. I shouted it, loud, I shouted it out loud like our friend Paul Stanley would tell me to do. And now my voice is like this. Uh, which is all the more reason for me to come and do a show after I, it's, oh, it's about a week. Uh, Jamie Gertz, if you didn't know this, I'm going to tell you, and then you're going to keep this fact close to your heart for the rest of your life. In fact, here's what I recommend you do. Go buy a locket, buy a locket of some sort. They still sell lockets. I don't know if they do. They know that do they sell charm bracelets? They might, but this isn't going to work with a charm bracelet. Let's get, we're, we're moving on to a completely different piece of jewelry. We're going back to the locket, which is from the 1700s. Get yourself a locket. And have them inscribe JG on it. And people are going to be like, uh, what does that mean? Just girls? <laughs> and you're like, no, man, this is Jamie Gertz knowledge that my friend Mike imparted to me. And he told me to keep it close to my heart. So here I am wearing it around my neck on a chain. And it dangles very close to the thing that beats inside me that keeps me alive. And quite frankly, uh, I wouldn't want to be alive if I didn't have this knowledge of Jamie Gertz with me at all times. Uh, and, and by the way, I've now built this up in a way where it sounds like it's going to be earth shattering. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Uh, like she shot Kennedy or something. Uh, she didn't. Although I will tell you this, still time. <laughs> you can't get John, you can't get Ted, and you can't get Bobby. But there's another guy out there who might be willing to take a fucking lead salad from our good friend Jamie Gertz if she wants to step up and do that. Uh, go ahead and jot it down on your, you know, and let's change your locket into a wish locket. Let's let's all write down Jamie Gertz assassinates RFK Jr. and we put it into the old locket and we uh, and we hold it for safekeeping. And then we make it like a time capsule and we open it up in a couple of years and see if it came true. Although I'm going to be honest with you right now. Uh, I don't think that's the kind of thing we'll forget. Like, I don't think we'll need to put it in a time capsule. I think me just putting it out there into the ether. Uh, now you're never going to forget that I said, wouldn't it be great if Jamie Gertz killed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And then she did it. What if she, because, you know, let's put it this way. You might forget that I suggested it. Okay. A couple of years from now, if it doesn't happen, it might, you might, come on, there's a lot of things to remember. I'm sure there's good movies coming out or music you enjoy. You'll have a child. Perhaps you'll bring another person into this world for no good reason as it swirls down the toilet. Uh, but maybe you will. I Look, I don't want to be, be, go procreate and do the good things. All right. I have babies and be excited about the world because I want to like things. Check that. I want to love things. So I will tell you with all these things coming down the pike in your future, I understand you're all having babies. That's what we just heard a second ago. Uh, what you should do 
is you should take this Jamie Gertz knowledge I'm about to impart upon you. Uh, actually, no, not this knowledge. Take uh, the, the, the wish casting that she somehow assassinates RFK Jr. Take that and remember it. But, but again, life is life. And you're, you're like a snowball rolling downhill. Every second that ticks off the clock brings us all closer to death. <laughs> Hopefully, RFK Jr. that much closer. Uh, and, and look, I don't give a shit if this guy dies. I don't care what you want to do with him. Who cares? He, he seems like a harmless buffoon. You know, just just because he doesn't want people to be vaccinated doesn't mean he can stop vaccinations, whatever the fuck. Who cares? And he's married to Cheryl Hines, who I, I've you know, always thought about railing. Uh, but I mean, get in line. I mean, what the fuck? I'm, I fuck. I'd rail RFK Jr. at this point. It's getting fucking we're reaching, criti- reaching critical mass. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm, I'm jerking off and shooting holes and stuff. I mean, I actually have like a high caliber thing happening now. I got my cum is hollow point at this at this juncture. Um. So, sure enough, uh, if she if she so my point is if I throw I've thrown it out there. Jamie Gertz assassinates RFK Jr. And over the next couple of years, if it doesn't happen. Clearly, we shine it, we forget it, we don't even think about it going forward. Although, it will forever be on YouTube where people will come in and make comments about it 15 years from now or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's wishful thinking. Someone's going to listen to me in 15 years. Actually, the next new show I do will be in 15 years. And then everybody will be like, what the fuck? What happened to the RFK Jr. thing, man? By that time, he would have served two terms and ruined the planet. Uh, or made it the best it's ever been. What if that happens? What if he's a president and he's like, what if stopping vaccinations is the key to making everything great? What if what if everybody has gone bananas because of the medicine? What if that's a pivot that none of us saw coming? Because all of us are like, ah, I get the medicine, you fucking dicks. And they're like, we hate medicine. But then you have to get medicine to go to your job. And then it turns out that was what's making everybody fucking tool bags. That would suck. Uh, and there are people out there now like, well, if you got the vaccination, you're already a fucking tool bag. Uh, fucking medicine sucks. Shut up. Shut up. Fuck off. <laughs> all right. So here's I gotta, this is I really built this way up into a, a crazy thing. Uh, but, to, you know, in fairness to me, if Jamie Gertz assassinates RFK Jr., it's not that it's a it's a crazy prediction that I'm going to fucking own forever. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stomp around like that kid and where the wild things are when he's stomping around the fire with his monsters. That's fucking beautiful. And uh, I told you, I always I think I mentioned this on the show before. Uh, if you look at the where the wild things are nah, fuck the movie, I never watched it. But if you watch the book, watch the book, just stare at it. Eventually, it'll turn itself. It'll open itself, and you'll be all its wonders will be revealed to you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you should go ahead and uh, and look and read the book. And there's a part where he dresses up in a monster suit, the little kid. I forget because I think of Maurice Sendak because that's the guy who wrote it. But I don't think I don't think the kid was named Maurice. Uh, whatever. He goes with the monsters and he goes to an island, and the monsters are fucking awesome. And they build a fire, and then he wears a monster suit, and then he's like. He's stomping around like a little like a little kid parade, which is fucking awesome. And whenever I saw it, even as a little child, I had this. This was the song that was in my head. <laughs> I always thought of that. And I think I've told you this before because I wound up doing that for I, I that was actually if some of you will remember from a million years ago. That was my naked guy song when I would be naked and march around my house. And my ex, my ex-wife would be like, I'm leaving here soon with a rice cooker. So get all of your nude marching out of the way, please. <laughs> I chased her right out the door with my fucking nudeness. And she's like, I'm coming back from Monty Python. Fuck off. Put some pants on. Uh, all right. So back to Jamie Gertz. She if she assassinates RFK Jr., I'm a fucking genius. But uh, in, so in two years, if she hasn't done it again, we're going to forget it. But in fairness to me, if she does it, it's you'll, you'll it will immediately come back into your brain like your old phone number would. You know what I mean? Like if you thought to yourself, like, you know, eight, eight, six, two, four, four, nine, which don't call that number. But that was my number when I was a kid. 
Although, what if you called and you got little me? <laughs> I like that turn of events. If you do me a favor, if you call up and you get little me, tell him to start doing shit differently. That would be good. Tell him to fucking fix himself or talk to somebody back then. Uh, to, to stop staring and jerking off and growing his long hair and wearing his UFO concert shirt and go ahead and talk to a therapist so he can groom himself out of his fucking morass. Uh, and then tell him tell his mom to stop banging the fucking guy Bob in the neighborhood and fucking maybe check out his homework once in a while so he takes his studies seriously and he doesn't go to high school for five years and fail himself to like going forward and then blame himself later in his life. Uh, <clears throat> oh, oh, my throat caught. God damn it, I was doing so good. <clears throat> extra spit is not helping. Um, so uh, the point is, like I said, if Jamie Gertz doesn't kill RFK Jr., and again, I've, I've really, I've beaten this into the ground. I have lead piped the shit out of Jamie Gertz and RFK Jr., uh, which, which honestly, that sounds like a new game of Clue. Who, who killed Jamie Gertz and RFK Jr.? It was podcaster Mike with the lead pipe in the, in the, in the recording studio, which is also my fucking... I didn't want to say office. It's a dining room with a fucking desk in it. Uh, so if she doesn't do it, we all forget it. But seriously, though, honestly, it, seriously, honestly, and, and any other adverb you want to throw in there, uh, if somehow Jamie Gertz does assassinate RFK Jr., I am going to look like a fucking champion. Tell me I am not a genius. Because then you're going to go, where the fuck? How did you have any inkling that that was going to fucking happen, right? Some fucking... Because that's like, you know, look, anybody can predict the winner of the fucking Super Bowl. You get a one in 32 chance or whatever the fuck. And you fucking... And, and you know, even if next year, like the Carolina Panthers won the Super Bowl and you called it, you'd be like, I'm a genius. Fine. And But but again, the scope on there is, is so much more narrow than me predicting that a famous actress from the 80s would assassinate a presidential candidate who is the son of perhaps the most famous Democratic politician of all time. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I would... And I know the Secret Service would probably want to pay me a visit to see if I had some sort of Jamie Gertz brain controlling Ray, but that's one fall I'd take. I if, Just to go public with the fact, just for this recording, I would hope that the, the fucking general public would listen to this recording if it happens and go, how the fuck did that guy know? How, how did you how did you predict that the fucking chick from Lost Boys was going to kill the son of the guy who Rosie Greer couldn't prevent from being murdered? How the fuck has that happened? Uh, I don't know. I, I Look, it's just a gift. It's just what I have inside me. Some people call it second sight. Some call it the gift of thought or the, the, the visions or the or whatever you want to call it. Or, or, you know what? Some people call it second sight. Because I can't think of anything other than second sight right now. Visions or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but that would be a crazy nugget of knowledge to have about Jamie Lee Gertz, no doubt. <clears throat> so I will tell you that that is insane. But the, the nugget I have about Jamie Gertz is uh, is completely different, but it's also still a little crazy. And now that it, you know, I apologize because I'm, I'm going to have to apologize because I don't think I have the full knowledge of what it is. And I, I don't have my phone handy, so I'm not going to look it up. Uh, you're going to laugh. To to ensure uh, full podcasting and making myself fucking do it, I literally, my phone is on the other side of the room under a pillow. <laughs> I turned it off. I fucking I slid the I slid the brightness all the way down to the bottom. I put it on airplane mode. I turned it all those all the way down and then put it on silent mode. So I I, I give it four different insular walls. I would have to get through. It's like right now to get to my phone, I would have to be like fucking the guy and get smart. You know who that is? Smart. 
<laughs> I would have to be smart from Get Smart walking through the hallway. I'd have to be the guys from MST3K going through seven fucking doors just to get to my phone or the secret movie sign. Uh, so it's hidden now. I have it. I had hidden. I, I wish I could hide it and then not know where it is. But the bad thing of that is well, I'm going to need it eventually. Uh, tomorrow, probably, I would say. And then when I go to pick it up, I'm going to be like, oh, uh, I don't know where it is. And then I'm going to be furious about it. And then I'm going to blame you guys because why not? Who am I going to blame? Me? I blame myself for enough bullshit. It's time you guys wore the yoke of despair. Um, so I know, fuck, no, I can't. All right, so I'm, here's the thing I know about Jamie Gertz. I, uh, but I don't, I don't have, it's incomplete. Perhaps you can fill in the gaps on this for me. You want to write me and tell me. Or don't, because I'm literally, when I'm fucking done with this, I'm going to Google it anyway and fucking look it up. Although, you know what I just read today? Someone's like, I think it was Dave Anthony. He's like, don't use Google anymore. Uh, because Google is removing the news tab from searches. And I don't know, like, I don't know what that means. I guess it's bad. I, I, I don't know if it means you can't ever look up news on Google or you just have to be more specific in your Googling. So like if you Googled slavery, it would just, it would, I it wouldn't give you a, any news about it? Now, I don't know if there's any recent news about slavery. Jesus Christ, I hope there's not. That would be, that would be terrible. Nobody wants to hear any news about slavery. Although, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this for just a second. Um, in Texas, and, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be this guy. So I I only talk just about it for just a second, just because it happened today, and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I, I you, I've been saying this on stage recently, and you're like, what? You've been on stage? I have. Um. I recognize that you know, the, all the shows you've heard in the past like nine weeks have all been pre-recorded, and and that makes complete sense because uh, I was off breaking the, uh, the being buried underground with David Blaine record, but but now I'm back live, so we're going ahead and touching base. Um, so uh, but I was when I recorded all those shows before I split, uh, I lined them up to to play in order. Uh, so I hope they played in order. I have no idea. I set them up. Um. So, because it was, it's been, it's been a while. Look, I can't argue with you guys. You're going to fucking go, dude, what the fuck? And I, I, you're right. Um, but again, I recorded, I pre-recorded a bunch of shows, which probably didn't have the spontaneity and, and the, the, the aliveness that you usually get with me, but I'm making up for it now. Again, whatever the past like nine weeks or 12 weeks or whatever the fuck, uh, you've been listening to the pre-recorded shows that I loaded onto the server. Um, and I'm sure you've been following my exploits on the website, uh, where me and David Blaine have been and doing. A, we did a live chat show uh, in from coffins underneath the ground, uh, knowing that I would be emerging here in February just after Valentine's Day to go ahead and do a show. But I had to take a little extra week off, so I, I apologize for that. I this you know you got shows up until the Valentine's Day week, and I missed that week. So, but we're here now. So everybody, get off my dick. Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, I should hold on a second before I do. Um, great. Okay. Uh, I apologize. I just started talking here and I, I've missed some rules. I have the, uh, I have the, how to do a podcast manual in front of me because it's been a while. Look, let's not lie. So I have this in front of me and it's says, uh, greet listener in friendly and familiar fashion. And I think I've done that with my Hey, What's Happening, which is uh, notoriously, uh, I don't know about notoriously, but it's been what I've said uh, is a trademark, essentially, to open this show for the past, you know, this is season 14, but it's been fucking like, I've been doing this show for fucking 17 years now. No, that seems fucking stupid. I started in, I think, 2009, maybe 2010. Nah, I was never not funny in 2006, for sure. And then I got whacked. I might have started this in 2008. Holy fuck a moly. I can't go look back at the dates. So even so, well, even so that's like 16 years. And even though we're in year 14, because look, there's been uh, gaps. 
Certainly this David Blaine time has taken a big chunk out of our listening pleasure. Uh, and then other times when there were the reruns and then uh, other times when I was uh, uh, pursuing a toxic relationship that destroyed my life. I, I remember that. Uh, and I think I went ahead and, and things were different then as I was recording shows in airports. Dudes, I look back. You've been through so much. You, you, anybody who's still listening to this fucking thing, you get it. You should get a merit badge. What the fuck? Uh, now, look, not that I'm not worth it. I'm fucking awesome. I'm glad you're back because I'm a fucking genius. But at the same time, um, you know, you can only uh, dare people to fucking ignore you for so long before they finally go. I don't remember that fucking guy. I don't know her. All of a sudden, everybody out there now is the the Mariah Carey. I don't know her meme when it comes to everybody's like, hey, Mike Schmidt podcast. Remember him? I, I, I don't know her. Uh, and I don't blame you. A lot of you. You know, I, I hope you're here. It'd be cool if you stuck around. Hey, let's you know what? I'm going to change that statement. It'd be cool if I stuck around. Right. Wouldn't that be a good thing? I think it would be. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this show in look, there have been gaps. There have been changes. I've turned and faced the strange changes, clearly. Um, by the way, David Bowie, let's talk about David Bowie for just a second. Remember when I did a show? You know, you probably don't remember this. I did a show when David Bowie died, and uh, I peppered the episode with tons of David Bowie references, like song titles and song lyrics and stuff like that. And I don't think anybody got it. Like, I never heard from, I think I might have heard from two people who knew what I was doing. Um, but I, you know, what am I going to do? Fucking bark about it? No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call David Blaine and he's going to throw a deck of cards at me and one of them's going to stick on the other side of the window. I'm going to go, shut the fuck up. And then he's going to go, oh yeah, you want a beer? And I'm going to go, yeah. And then I go to take a sip of it. Even though I don't drink beer, if David Blaine buys me one, I got to drink it. And you know, you know what this fucking beer tastes like? Seven of diamonds. (laughs) What the fuck, Blaine? Why don't you just give me a goddamn beverage? I don't want to go ahead and play your fucking stupid games. But then we hit it off. And then he's like, you want to do a podcast from a coffin while you pre-record nine shows and set them up for your friends? And I said, absolutely. And so we, uh, but I will tell you this, this is, and I think this is why he did it, David Blaine. He encouraged me to involve myself in his, uh, uh, I I guess, an endurance test. It's less a prank because you don't really play a prank, prank on anybody. But, um... But he, I had to, uh, I had to dig the graves. That was the whole thing. I had to build the underground chamber. Uh, he paid for the coffins. Good for him. But at the same time, I think he only hired me to do the fucking heavy labor. I, I, I think he, you know what? He probably sprung this on a bunch of people all over the goddamn planet. Hey, you want to dig a couple of graves with me and then do a podcast from underneath the ground, six feet under? And, yeah, and everybody's like, fuck you, Blaine. And he's, oh yeah, Shazam. And the next thing you know, those people are like in a glass cube across town. And they're like, what the fuck just happened? Well, you know what? You told David Blaine, no, don't tell David Blaine, no. Because he will pin you up against a wall and put his hand on the front of your jeans, or he will snap his fingers and you'll be in a fucking clear cube across the goddamn city. Which one do you want? Take your pick. Take your pick. You want fucking Blaine to get a handful of your junk? Or do you want to go ahead and look at a habit trail over in fucking Newark? Take your fucking pick. That's the choices when it comes to telling David Blaine no. you got to say yes to that guy. And so I did. I said yes, and like I said, I set up all of those pre-recorded shows, which I'm sure you all enjoyed and loved, and, I, and I'm sure they all released on time, and you and you listened to them intently, and uh, and but now we're live again. See clearly, I, I'm all caught up, uh, and there's so much to talk about that happened in the world, um, not the least of which is Jamie Gertz, which I'm going to get to in just a second. I promise. Uh, first of all, have you ordered your locket yet? Before I get into the Jamie Gertz thing at all, I want to make sure that you've ordered your locket because. You know, where do you store the information that I'm about to give you other than the locket that we had previously discussed in this anecdote slash Byzantine story that I've created out of nothing? But it, it, listen, it doesn't matter where it came from or what the thought was. Uh, the main thing is you need to get your locket. And uh, and then, a, of course, a thin chain 
Don't wear like a fucking rap chain. Don't flavor flave this locket is my point. Unless, you know what? I'll tell you this. I was going to say you just jot this down on like a tiny little piece of paper and put it in a tiny locket that says JG on it. But if you want to buy an alarm clock on a giant fucking chain and then pop out the back and then write this anecdote on, I don't know, a fucking powdered donut or a whatever fits in the back of an alarm clock. I don't know what fits in the back of my life. What am I, a bomber from the 70s? I got a fucking idea. Am I building, build what am I, the move bombers? I'm going to build a time bomb or something. Uh, yes, I know. The move bombers were cops. Don't fucking yell at me. Jesus Christ. I, I've got to, here's another thing. i got to just get over uh, explaining myself. I'm just, you know what? I'm going to get things wrong all the time. And please know that I'm doing it on purpose. I will connect, I will probably correct myself in the moment. Uh, but if I don't, then just be like, well, yeah, he's a podcaster. What the, what the fuck's that guy know? We don't trust that guy. It's not like I'm running for anything. If I was trying to be a councilman or some shit, you know, I'm fucking running to some office space with me and two fucking local chicks who are just sending out mailers. Oh, don't do that because it's election time now. And, and it's election time all over the fucking place. But we got a, uh, I think two weeks is the vote here. And I vote by mail, so I don't give a shit. I don't have to go to the school anymore and look at fucking old ladies as they peer at me through their cheaters and wonder what the fuck my name is. Hey, can we see four forms of ID? No, you can't because I'm not a fucking busboy from Bengal. I mean, what the fuck? Bengal, is that a place? Senegal? I was going to say Singal. Senegal and Bengali. Uh, I should have said Benghazi. You know why? Because fuck those people, right? Lost some good ones over there. Let's go right here. Big ups to the Benghazi crew that tried to, I don't know, I, I think from what I understand, and again, this is my understanding of what happened in Benghazi. There were six guys, and uh, and they made a phone call. They're like, we need some help. And then Hillary Clinton said, murder all of them. Is that true? I think that's pretty close, right? I know they made a movie about it, but if you think I'm ever watching that fucking thing, get bummed. <laughs> that's what I want to watch. That and the fucking, uh, you know what I did? I watched the Let's Roll movie the with the plane. Where like Flight 93 or whatever, because those people were fucking heroes. Those were that was like ridiculous. I can't even imagine having to go through that bullshit. Because like, now you know, again with shootings everywhere and stuff in your brain, don't you think to yourself like, if I was there, I'd fucking you know what I'd do? I'd fucking smoke these guys. I'd fucking run right at that dude with that AR-15. Yeah, and you would get ventilated. Oh my Christ! How you doing, Swiss cheese on the ground bleeding out? I mean, at the same time, part of me is like, well, I would want to do it. I would want to get involved in something like that. Um, and I, I'm going to, it's funny. I wasn't going to tell you any Uber stories. Um, I was going to save them and parse them out to you because there are some uh, that have happened. <laughs> but I have one that fits perfectly with what I'm talking about. So I'm going to tell you. Uh, I've, I've been driving like a psychopath, as you know, as I've been taking out our 2017 Toyota Camry Hybrid and doing the best I can uh, to to carve out a fucking living and not die as everything goes up. Dude, break. this is completely true. My car insurance is going up. My fucking rent is going up. And, and I'm not saying this is any boo-hoo thing. We all, we're all going through this. Fucking, I mean, dude, it's like when you go to the store, potato chips are fucking five bucks a bag. Now, I've stopped eating potato chips, by the way. I've, I've, I've uh, um, it's like, it's been a while since I talked to you guys. So I've actually pivoted, and I've uh, the one thing I have done. I mean, I'm not a bit, I haven't been talking to you guys, but uh, I've I've kind of gotten a handle on my life uh, weight and and working out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was back in the gym, but I was still eating candy bars and and horse shit, and uh, and so um, I, <laughs> for the first two months of this year, I you know I talked to my trainer, and we we're talking about that. I've been doing. Uh, 
I'm up to three miles a day when I work out cardio wise. Now I still have to work in the cardio on the days around I, where I lift three times a week and I do three, three miles, a, uh, three, three days of three miles on the treadmill, um, which is pretty great. And so whatever. So from January 1st, uh, I, I've lost 18 pounds just in, you know, from January 1st. But then in February, well, look, um, because because I wound up, uh, you, you know me, it's a struggle. I'm constantly just crawling through the goddamn dirt and doing what I can. Um, but suffice to say, I have it, I have it, un, like my cardio is so much better and I'm running a lot and, and eating is different. Um, but I just, I, I literally had some candy bars last week and I have some more now and I'm, I, I will fight myself to the death on them and I'll do it. Cause again, it's this thing where I'm like, cause I, I didn't go to the gym this week. I had uh, financially, I could not, I mean, I could go by myself, but to go with my trainer, I couldn't pull it off. Uh, because I, like I just said, everything's gone through the roof. Like my, and also so my car insurance, I got to give them first and last in the beginning of March. Like you can't just do month by month. Now they want fucking two months and it went up a bunch a month so to combine the two months that's a fucking drag and then i have to renew um like my web hosting i have to renew like a bunch of shit you know what i mean and and look please i'm not boohooing we all have this shit going on um in addition to going out and buying stuff and, and also the way i fucking live all right i wasn't doing keto per se but i was he was like go go as little carbs as you possibly can so I've been eating a ton of eggs and like bacon and uh, Italian sausages and fucking yogurts, uh, zero, you know, zero sugar Shabani's. Uh, I found this Carb Master stuff that only has like three, three fucking uh, things in there. Um, but, but dudes, listen to this. And I'm sure you know this if you fucking live like this. Keto, it's uh, fucking expensive to eat like that. It's And it's, it's, look, it's expensive to cook in your fucking house. Like when I can go to Taco Bell and get three burritos for fucking nine bucks. And and I could eat, and that could be what I ate all day. I could just I eat the fucking three burritos and be fine. Uh, but you can't, because then you're eating fucking. You know, I don't know what the fuck they put in that shit. Then it's fucking beans and rice and 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 tortillas, and eventually I'm going to look like you know some fucking you know El Guapo motherfucker, and we can't have that. Uh, especially as I'm, you know, because the decision. And again, you know how my brain works, but but I've decided, like in my brain, I'm like, you're lifting, so you can't. Don't eat. Don't abuse it. If you're lifting and paying a trainer, then why are you buying shitty food and fucking yourself? And these are decisions. Look, this is shit I learned 15 years ago. Yes, I know. Everybody's like, well, you knew this before and you worked with a trainer before and you lost a ton of weight before. Yeah, I know. I'm fucking stupid. What the fuck do you want from me, man? I'm not stupid, but I'm, I'm in my way a lot. Uh, but, but when you got to go by fucking this keto dude, like I, and I told my, my trainer, I'm like, I don't want any, it's Mariano is my new guy. Cause John is so busy. And I told Mariano, I'm like, dude, I don't fucking, uh, I don't want to have any cheat days. He's like, well, you should allow yourself like some grace. And I'm like, I dude, no, I go, cause if I, I know me and if I have a cheat day of like, you know, eat a hamburger and fries, then I'm like, oh, that was Thursday. What that means, you know, kind of the weekend shot. We'll start, we'll pick it up again on Monday and I'll just eat candy this whole weekend. And it's just fucking what's what I'm doing right now. Again, I'm not lifting this week. Uh, so I was like, all right, we'll have candy with this one pretty good week. So I'm back on the horse on Monday. It's fucking stupid. It's, it's, I wish I could explain to you the. I can explain it to you. I'm nine. I'm a nine-year-old boy. When I get fucking, when I have, you know, I can give myself a break. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, dude, you should totally have some candy this week because, you know, you're not lifting. You'll be lifting on Monday. And so instead of maintaining, I'm like, well, let's just just do a bunch of fucking hail damage and ruin our fucking selves. And then we'll we'll dig back out on fucking Monday. (laughs) And look, that is a laugh that I would describe as rueful just because I'm a fucking jerk. 
and and I know it, and I'm trying to not be a goddamn jerk. But it is, I will tell you this, this fucking eating no carb shit. Dude, I bought, uh, I didn't even want to eat like keto bread. Because he told me, he's like, you can buy these, um, because it, it, like the third day, I, I ate a bunch of rotisserie chicken. And like the third day I was doing this, I'm not chicken kidding, at the beginning of January, I wrote him and I go, hey, I'm in the store. What can I eat that doesn't make me disgusted? And he's like, well, I don't know what fucking makes you disgusted. I go, everything I'm eating. I go, I don't, I don't want eggs. I don't want any fucking rotisserie chicken. What can I eat? What is there anything like that's different? Because I also was eating uh, lunch meat. Like lunch meat roll-ups with some fucking cheese. Because he's like, eat a bunch of cheese, eat this and this and whatever the fuck. And uh, and it's so weird. He's like, you can eat, if you eat like this, you can eat all the time. He goes, you can eat at two in the morning if you want. You could have fucking, you know, a, a bunch of lunch meat or you can have fucking eggs or whatever. And just, but it's like, I go, but I'm going to bed at like three or four. It's, and I shouldn't be hungry at two in the morning, right? I don't think. I don't know. I'm not doing this right. <laughs> so... But but going to buy shit, I I didn't want keto bread. He's like, you can get keto bread. I go, but dude, that's just bread. I go, and he goes, he goes, it's not. It's got dietary fiber, so it doesn't work. It, it trust me, it'll be good. So I went to go get keto bread, and um, it's eight bucks a loaf, eight dollars a fucking loaf for the for this stuff. And I mean, dude, I I don't. Does the carb removing machine run on fucking plutonium? Like, why is this so fucking expensive? It's just, and and all it does, if you've ever had keto bread, it's it's like eating an oven mitt. It's like fucking, you, they just went, and you know what we'll do? We'll take out all the carbs, which will also remove all the deliciousness and moisture from this bread. It's like, you ever have a toothpick in your mouth all day? You ever chew on a toothpick sometimes because you had an oral fixation? Imagine if you did that with a stick of chalk. That's what it's like eating fucking keto bread. It's like sucking on chalk the whole fucking day. It is just, and I went to buy it and they had two different loaves. One was white and I'm never eating white bread again the rest of my fucking life. Nobody wants white bread. It's disgusting. It should be murdered in its sleep. I don't even know if bread sleeps. Uh, I know Russ never sleeps. I don't know if Russ and bread are friends, but I, I just, I want no white bread ever. So they, the other choice was seeded doesn't say one seeds. I mean, you look at, it, I think it's caraway and fucking sesame and there's a couple of seeds in there, whatever the fuck. I don't know. But I, but I do know I bought the seeded because I'm like, you know what? Live a little buddy. Go ahead and fucking buy the seeded. Do the best you can. Uh, because you ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever tried to fool yourself? Have you ever had to search for a caraway seed to spark joy? Have you ever had that happen in your life? Think of how think of how small a caraway seed is, and think of biting into it and just going, "Oh my God, it's flavor! It's something! It's anything! Anything I can hang my hat on!" And I know you're thinking to yourself, "You can leave your hat on, Mike. I'm sure you think that's possible, but I, I'm just going to hang my hat on this caraway seed." And I, and again, it's like, you know, it's like fucking that Eddie Murphy bit where he's like, "What's that? A Ritz? Mm, that's the best crack I ever had in my life." Because you eat a caraway seed, and you're like, "Ah." I, I just want it so I can fool myself into thinking I'm not eating a dish rag slathered in mayonnaise. That's it. That's all I want. I, I just don't want to fucking eat this keto bread because you. I even put butter on it because he's like, you need a ton of butter or whatever. So I put butter on the fucking toast with the keto bread and uh, even the butter doesn't help. It's like eating the inside of a couch cushion. I mean, it's fucking weird. I don't even know how they do it. There's There's some... Magic, because I mean, I, look, I've had like pumpernickel and dark breads and stuff like that. So I thought it would be like that, you know what I mean? But no, man, it is even worse. It's it's just like I feel like George the Animal Steel tearing over a fucking turnbuckle with my mouth. I mean, it's just fucking awful. My whole mouth is filled with fucking cotton. Uh, and I've been doing that, and also, oh, here's another thing I've been doing. I'm embrace yourselves for this, guys. I look, you know, I don't talk like this a lot. You know, I don't bring this stuff up, but I but I have to share it with you now. Uh. 
I've been eating a ton of vegetables, okay? And when I say vegetables, I mean, I've been eating celery and fucking tomatoes and bell peppers and cucumbers, and I fucking chop them up, and I put them in a bowl with a bunch of tagine and some sesame seeds on them, and I eat the shit out of those, which is great. Uh, and they're, they're amazing. I love them. They're so good. I love, cause I love, I do love vegetables. Uh, I love cauliflower and broccoli, but I love cold, like salad vegetables are fucking amazing. So you get some fucking celery, tomato and the fucking cucumber, Persian cucumbers, not the regular cucumbers. Fuck those big bastards. I, I go fucking tiny little Persian cucumbers, chop them up like a goddamn gherkin, slap them in the old, uh, fucking chunky salad, tagine, soak them in fucking tagine powder, fucking throw some goddamn seeds in there. It's amazing. It's so good. But uh, <laughs> I've found this out over the past six weeks and I don't know if it's going to continue forever. I'm, I, cause I guess at some point I thought my body would realize what I was doing and it would go, ah, yeah, don't worry, buddy. We'll, we'll adjust. And so far, uh, it's not, it's not adjusting. And, uh, I'm assuming it's the vegetables that are causing this to happen. Um, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I think I broke my toilet uh, in my in my house. And and I will tell you this, when I say broke it, I don't mean physically broke my toilet. I mean, when I walk in there, my toilet goes, oh, no, like from somewhere deep in the depths of the fucking the water, like bubbles. Like <laughs> it's like it's like a, oh, my toilet says that like that's what I mean when I broke it. I've made it sentient. I've, I've made it sad. Somehow I've made my toilet sad because I am, I am like, I, I'm in there and I'm doing terrible things, terrible things to it. Uh, and I, it's a, it's an awful thing. It's, and it, it has to be the vegetables, right? Because it is, it is just a fire hose. I mean, I can't even explain it. And it is so bad. Like I, I, and I will tell you this, I'm not even this type of guy. And I apologize. I, we're, we're all, we're all grownups. I mean, I'm trying not to be graphic, but this is as graphic as I'm going to get. Uh, I, I, every time it happens, I turn around and I look. Okay. Uh, to see what hath God wrought. I try to, I try to see what's happening. And I look in the, in the, uh, the toilet and uh, I, you know what? I'm just trying to make sure my liver's not in there. I'm not joking because I mean, it's just this whole, everything is evacuating. It is charging. It is the charge of the light brigade right out of the old back door, just fucking fire hosing out. And, uh, and it's the, it, to the point where like, uh, it, it, you, you have to stay ahead of it. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, I got to get in there. So fucking weird. And, uh, it, it's like, cause I've had, I've had to evacuate before for fucking surgeries. And they give you that fucking, that weird, it's, it's not Epicac, I forget what it's called, but it's some bullshit that you got to drink. And it's in my favorite, here's my favorite thing. This is a medicine to destroy you from the inside out, but it's grape flavored. <laughs> so please know that the, the your colonoscopy will always taste like grapes. When, and then from now on, the rest of your life, when you have anything that has any hint of grape, you're going to remember when somebody rammed their forearm up your ass. Uh, it's so crazy. The, even, even the attempt at making it grape flavored or whatever the fuck it, it, it should just say, fuck you drink this. That should be the name of the stuff that clears you out before a surgery. Don't try to whore it up with like grape flavoring. That's not fucking changing anybody's mind. So I've had that before and it has fucking ruined me. You just sit there and everything's just, everything comes flying out. Well, now I'm here to tell you this. You don't have to fuck with grape flavoring or bullshit monster medicine. Just go ahead and have celery, cucumbers, fucking bell peppers, tomatoes, and tagine. And it'll, it'll, everything leaves everything. Like I said, I, I turn around and I look 
and I'm, I'm just checking to make sure my liver isn't in there. That's all. I just want to make sure I'm intact. And, and you know what? This is true. You know what I saw in the toilet? <laughs> Rose from Titanic. Yeah, floating in there, and I, which I did not expect. And get this, she's on the door. That I did not even feel that come out, but she's in there floating on the door. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, th- looking at it that closely, uh, plenty of room in that door for Jack. Rose was being very selfish when she wouldn't let Jack up there. I just seeing it up close and personal from my own, from my own vantage point. Plenty of room on that door for Jack Rose. I, I, I think. I think somebody's a little selfish. I think somebody wanted to bang around on the old boat and then forget about it when she got to dry land. How dare you? How dare you, Rose? Guy draws you like one of his French girls and you throw him to the fish. The fuck is your problem, Rose? That's right. I blame her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I so this is what I've done. I'm I'm I don't I'm eating differently. It's great. I'm going to the gym and uh, you know what I like? I will tell you this. I'm getting veins in my arms. It's funny because Pat's like, that's so gross. I'm like, fuck that. I want I want my fucking arms to look like a goddamn spider web. Uh, so yeah, so I'm li- and I'm lifting. And th- I will tell you this. Mariano is a guy who used to competitively uh, compete. He would pose and all that nonsense. And uh, I, I was very happy because he's like, man, he goes, you lift heavy weights. I was like, yeah, I want that's cool. I want to. And he's like, no, like I'm like, I'm kind of surprised at how much you lift. He goes, you lift more, more than me. And that's, you know, it, it, that's kind of saying something. I'm like, oh, that's good. Because uh, I'm doing, you know, you do kind of rows and hammer curls and all that shit with your arms. And like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm doing fucking 70 pound dumbbell presses and shit. And it's like, it's, it feels great. I mean, I love doing it. Uh, and, you know, then. Adding in the cardio, you do feel really accomplished. You know what I mean? And uh, and so, like I said, I've lost, you know, I, I got up to 393 with the pandemic, and I'm right around 325 now. So it's that 70 pounds, 68 pounds I've lost, which sounds like a big deal, but it's like my body, I've lost weight. How many times have I done it? I, mean, I used to weigh 500. I got back down. I got bumped up to 340, got down, back up to 400 and down. I mean, I've lost 100 pounds like seven different times in my life. Uh, and, and so, you know, now I'm at a point where I want to do it again I, and, and not even a hundred uh, pounds. I need to lose more. You know what I mean? If, if I'm around 325, I want, I'd love to lose another 75, 80 pounds. Um, and you add that to the fucking 68 I already missed and holy fuck, what a mess, what a mess. And, uh, and so it's like every time I do this, you know, they always say it's taxing on your body. It's really hard on your body when you do this to yourself. And I'm like, yeah, no fucking kidding. <laughs> you know, you know what you should do rather than talking about it? You should try doing it. Cause I'll tell you that that'll really drive home how hard it is. You can sit here with a fucking grad hat and a pointer and write shit on the board all you want and go, this is very difficult to you for your body. And I'll go, yes, it is doc. You know what? Watch this as I sweat and vomit all over the fucking place. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just the way it is. And so my body has been through this fucking ringer. It, you know, my body's like a cartoon body, but it, because it's still, I'm still able, I, and this is going to jinx the shit out of me and I know it, but, but the very fact that I've lost all this weight and then I lift heavy weights and I fucking push hard and I'm on the treadmill and stuff. Uh, and, and also still eating, you know, two giant candy bars every day and a half or whatever the fuck, which I didn't for a month and a half, but now I did and whatever the fuck. And, but again, you got to forgive yourself. You got to move forward. You got to just not, these are all lessons I'm trying to teach myself. It's stuff I say to me myself every single night. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly angry that it has taken me this long to come and talk to you guys, but I'm trying to do the best I can to forgive myself in some small fashion. You won't. Believe me, I get I get your emails. I get messages from people all the fucking time. Uh, now, 
95% of them are great. Everybody's very kind reaching out to see how I am and uh, wondering if I'm dead, which is nice. I'm not dead or in jail uh, yet. <laughs> it's also everybody thinks I'm Mike Ness. I'm a, I'm a social distortion song all of a sudden. Um, but I'm not dead or in jail. Uh, but but I'm, you know, I I punish myself a lot. So I'm going to I'm going to try to not do that. But I, mean, I already call myself stupid 10 times in this fucking show. Who the fuck cares? Um, whatever. So, so I'm, but I'm, so I'm back in the gym and having a good time doing it. And, and I've worked out, you know, it, it works out better because I'm in, I go in at 1230. Like I used to want to get up super early and do it, but that did, it conflicted with my late night bullshit. And to get there at 1230 and then be done by two or two thirty is pretty cool, you know? Uh, but then it, it kind of fucks with my schedule a little bit, but it's just, but the thing is you just make your schedule work. That's what you do. That's what adults do. I wouldn't know, not being one, but I'll do the best I can going forward and trying it and make it work. Um, but yeah, my body, like you ever watch a cartoon and like Tom the cat, well, like a piano falls on him and then he's shaped like a piano and he's got keys. The piano keys are his teeth, but then in the next scene, he's fine. That's like my body. It's ridiculous. I've had a piano fall on me for fucking 56 years and I keep somehow spitting out the keys and being a normal dude or someone gets pulled through the piano and turned into sheet music and then they play a song about how cats suck. That's me on the sheet music for for fucking fat guys suck. <laughs> Mike, I'm the Mike sucks song that plays on the fucking player piano because I got sucked into it when the fucking piano landed on my head. <laughs> and also my body is just look, man, it just it doesn't look right sometimes. Even if I lose weight, I've done so much fucking damage to my body. You know what it's like? It's it's like it's like after 9-11, if they tried to rebuild the World Trade Center out of the actual rubble from the World Trade Center. Like they instead of coming up with like new metal and windows and shit, they're like, "Oh, we got all this shit laying around. Let's see what we can what kind of shape we can push this into." And that's exactly what my body is like these days. Cuz it's like, "Ah, this could move over here and I think this goes here and I don't know, that's going to hang there for a while. I mean, I'd see what we can fucking make it work. Uh, pull that back, push this over here, you know what I mean? Cuz and again, lifting like I said, it's as I've always said, suit of armor uh, underneath of fucking wrapped in baloney. And and I feel super strong. I and I talked to Mariano, and I'm like, dude, because he's he's like, you know, you're slipping with your with your diet. But don't worry about it. Don't punish yourself. He's being very cool about that. But at the same time, he's like, oh my god, somebody dropped something upstairs. Did you hear that? That's not good. Um, but but I you know I I, I told him I feel great because I do. I really feel good physically. Like I feel, uh, I feel there's like pep in my step. I feel I have energy. I, um. I, I was getting into a point, and again, this is just an old person thing. It wasn't even really anything. It was just when I'd sit down, and I'd be like, <laughs> or you get up and you're like, Ugh. you know, that kind of deal. Uh, and and I, I started to notice it where I was like, because I didn't need to do it. It wasn't like I was like struggling out of a fucking sewer or anything like that, climbing out of a goddamn crawl space. Uh, something again coming out of another small space. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all these kind of climbing out of this, out of a subway tunnel, whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, but I feel like even walking outside, like walking to get the mail, walking to the gym, because doing again, three miles a day on the treadmill and also lifting when I do leg presses in the gym we're at, we don't have a lot of free weights. We got uh, all the dumbbells and shit. So I work with a ton of those, but then there's the machine. So the leg press I was doing with John, I was doing plates, which was fucking amazing. But now I'm just doing the machine and I just wind up doing the stack and, and which is like, 430 on the on the machine but again i've always been told like those machines say 430 but it's not really you know what i mean it's like yeah it's really 100 pounds whatever the fuck 
Um, oh, speaking of 100 pounds, that you know, and talking about weight machines, I probably told you this story. When I was a kid, we did weightlifting in gym. This is his sophomore year, freshman year maybe, and I didn't know if I was strong. Like I was, I was worried I was a pussy. Like I had no idea what I could do. And so the day came for us to bench press. And uh, our gym teacher was like, all right, everybody's going to do your, we'll see the most you can do, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I was I was so worried. So everybody's, and all the guys who play football and all those dudes are setting it up and they're pressing, you know, whatever they're pressing. So when I came to the machine, I was like, put it on 100. And he's like, come on, Schmidt, you know, you can do more than that. I'm like, I, I really don't. I go, I don't. Because again, I didn't. I, I was 13 years old. I had never had anybody... You know, I didn't have a dad who showed me how to fight. I didn't have anybody who taught me anything. I didn't know what the fuck to do physically. I played football and sports and had fun, but not organized. And I, but I was deathly afraid. You had to lift in front of the class. And he, uh, we so we put it on a hundred. And it's one. Of the, it was a machine. And I got underneath. And I didn't even know the form, but I put my hands on it. And uh, I just pushed it right up. I was like, what? He's like, ah, Schmidt, I told you. And I was like, all right, cool. And then uh, I wound up doing 150. I was like, so I put another one, like I did 130, and then I did 150, and I got barely got 150 up. And I was like, yay. Um, but And it felt amazing. Like, I, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, because uh, here, here was the deal. I almost, I didn't give a shit that I, you know, that I did 150. I didn't act like I was super strong. I didn't think I was a fucking monster. Uh, all I cared about was not looking stupid in front of everybody in the gym class. You know what I mean? You didn't want to be that dude. Because we had a kid, there was a kid named Jamie Pilat who could do the fucking stack. Jamie Pilat was just fucking, he could do 300 pounds because the stack was 300 pounds. Uh, I think I did, I think 150 or 170. I forget which one it was. But um, but I, all I remember is the 100. That Because that is the most important thing. And I didn't look stupid. You know, I was able to push that up and everything was fine. Um, so now we do use these machines uh, at the fucking gym. And it's it's so... It just feels weird. You know what I mean? I, I like using plates. I like benching with real weights and shit like that. But I mean, at the gym we're in now, it's a, it's a totally different thing. Because oh, I will tell you this, uh, the, the gym I used to be in before, um, I loved the people who run it. Everything was great. But it was just all of a sudden you would get in there. and It was a small gym. And there was fucking, there'd be fucking like 18 people working out. And I, uh, look, man, everybody's nice because the owners were super cool. They were fucking awesome. I loved them, but there'd be a couple trainers there. Like it was this Russian dude who was just fucking ignorant. And there was a fucking juice head guy who'd like, it would be time to do curls on the curl machine and he'd be sitting there on his phone. And I'd be, I didn't want to look at him and go, dude, what the fuck? You know, go check your fucking messages in your car. Uh, but again, you're going to fucking, I'm going to throw down with some steak head over a fucking phone message. I'm not going to do that. I wasn't interested, but whatever. So anyways, I'm at another gym and it's fun. And uh, Mariano is my new trainer. I still talk to John, um, which is good. He's doing well, and he's uh, you know got his girlfriend and his dogs, you know, and a cat, and he's very happy. He's a happy man. So that was really the only reason I I came here to tell you anything. I wanted to tell you about John. He's doing fine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, you know what? I let's talk about this. Get your pen out. If you got your pen, I've given you long enough. Uh, I don't know if your locket has arrived from Amazon yet. Jamie Gertz. And again, this is going to be anticlimactic for me to even tell you what it is. And by this point, you've probably Googled it. Although, again, as I've heard, don't Google anything because they're replacing everything. That's the great replacement theory and the final solution and every other bad thing that could ever happen to anybody. As I read about, a again, the world's first TikTok genocide is continuing to come my way. <laughs> they're telling me all about it. And I'm just like, yeah, oh, boy, I, that sucks. I'm going to watch True Detective and, and hope nobody knocks on my door ever. I don't want to look at anybody ever. Um, but I'm getting better venturing out of my house, doing things with people that I love and know. I'll tell you all about that as soon as I can. 
Um, but first, got to get to this Jamie Gertz nonsense that you guys keep bothering me about. What is your problem, man? You're fucking staring me down with the, oh, what the fuck? Well, I, look, did I bring it up? Certainly I did. Uh, but at the same time, guys, you got to take some sort of initiative on your own. I can't do everything. I mean, look, I, I went to the trouble of taping uh, 10 pre pre predetermined, pre, pre-recorded podcasts for you while me and Blaine were chatting it up under the underground. Um, I, you know, I should check on those. I hope they released in a timely fashion. Cause part of me was worried because look, I was worried they were all going to release in the first week. And then I was like, these people are going to not understand why I'm doing nine podcasts in a week. It's crazy. Uh, or 10 it was. And, uh, and I didn't check. I just kind of launched into this one. So I'm sure you you enjoyed those 10 podcasts that I pre-recorded before I was buried underground with our friend David Blaine. Uh, and now but now I'm back. And uh, let me oh, let me check the manual again here real, real quick. Engage the listener with quips and anecdotes. I think I've done that. Have I done? I think I have. Let's, let's check this. Let's check that off the old list there. Check that right off. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. Parenthetically. If comedy show strive to make them humorous. Well, I've got to be honest. I don't know how well I've accomplished that goal, but I've done the best I possibly could. I've, I've done everything I can to be uh, humorous because I, you know what? I think this is a comedy show. I, it all depends. I, you know, because here's the deal. Uh, I can say it's a comedy show all I want. You know, who, you know who decides whether or not it's a comedy show? You guys. Anybody out there with a goddamn iPod vagina and and headphones or wireless earbuds or whatever the fuck you got going on, uh, you are the final arbiters of whether or not comedy has been involved in any way, shape, or form in this broadcast. Uh, and that's right. I call it a broadcast. Why not? Uh, hold on. So that's the podcast. We, greet, we greeted the listener in a friendly and familiar fashion. We've done that. Check. Uh, engage the listener with quips and anecdotes. Check if comedy show, and this is parenthetical, as I mentioned, if comedy show strive to make them humorous. I'm going to check it. I'm going to say I did that myself. Uh, you might not believe me, but I'm going to say I did that. Uh, all right. I'm not going to uh, move. Oh, so, so this fucking, before I do more of the manual, uh, Jamie Gertz. So uh, here's the, here's the thing. And, and again, also I'm so mad. I'm, I'm going to have incomplete knowledge for you. And, and so I shouldn't have even brought this up and kept, and, and kept trying to uh, shoehorn it in as if it was some sort of important anecdote when it truly is not. But uh, but you know what? You guys want to know it. You guys have been fucking hounding me with emails constantly about my Jamie Gertz knowledge, and so here I am. That's the, it, It's truly what brought me back to the microphone this week. I'm not going to lie. I mean, like I said, you had all those predetermined ones, those pre-recorded shows, and then I was supposed to be back last week, and unfortunately, you know, some things happened. I just took a week off because, I mean, I was still fucking coughing up dirt from being underground with David Blaine. Uh, but you guys all last week, you were like, dude, what the fuck with the Jamie Gertz knowledge? And so here I am. Rock me like a hurricane. <laughs> you know what? This show is nothing if not uh, Jamie Gertz knowledge and awkward references to the Scorpions. That's that's or you know what? I apologize. This show is nothing if not Jamie Gertz knowledge and awkward references to Scorpions. They're not the Scorpions, just like the Eagles are not the Eagles. They're Eagles. It's Eagles and Scorpions, not the Eagles, not the Scorpions. OK, so get it right. This is what I'm here to do. I educate you on this sort of thing. I am, you know, if anything, I'm here to tell you about articles and where they belong and where they don't. And the the does not belong before scorpions. All right. I'm going to give you two different sentences. Okay. Here they are. Scorpions are on tour and are also doing a residency in Las Vegas. That's the band. You know that. 
Here's another one now. The scorpions are coming. Please bring your pets inside so they're not stung to death. Now you know I'm talking about the, the, the stinging pests known as the scorpions. Now, this is not to imply that scorpions are not also stinging pests. I don't know. Klaus Mina may have some sort of vestigial tail that I don't know about that he stabs a lady with. I don't know why a lady. Why is, you know what? Why is Klaus Mina going after ladies? We are scorpions! Hello, California! <laughs> I might be going to see them. Uh, I don't know. Pat, Pat when he, inter- when he interviewed uh, scorpions, he interviewed Klaus, I believe. I don't think he talked to two guys. He might have talked to Matthias Jabs. Uh, <laughs> but he talked to Klaus and, and then Klaus offered, he was like, Hey man, you know, we're doing, we're going to be in Vegas. If you ever want to come to a show, let us know. And, uh, and I told Pat, I go, well, if that happens, I'm, I'm going with you to scorpions. I must. Uh, so that could be in the offing. That could be in the future. A couple of 70 year old guys going down to see scorpions in Las Vegas and then taking a nap and then driving right back because one of them has a wife and one of them has a life. <laughs> and by a life, I mean none. All right. Jamie Gertz, ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Gertz. Have you heard? Eagles are going to be at the forum and Steely Dan is opening. Oh, my God. The Eagles are swooping down and stealing your pets. I don't know why your pets are always in danger in these stories. You know, it's, it's, it's the fault of the bands because they named them scorpions and eagles. Um, just like if I like here's it. All right. Here's another sentence that puts your pets in danger. Here's another uh, allegory comparison, however, you, whatever you want to call this. <clears throat> the Phoenix Coyotes will be in Los Angeles to take on the Kings this weekend. The Phoenix Coyotes in no, in Phoenix. The coyotes are eating poodles all over Scottsdale. Uh, I don't know how they got from Phoenix to Scottsdale. I don't know. See, and I should tell you this. Clearly, me ruining this whole bit should show you that none of this is pre-written. This is me trying to make up shit out of my fucking brain, and it is not working very well. Uh, Jamie Gertz. So here's the deal about Jamie Gertz. And it, it, look, I should just fucking say it because it's not even that big a deal. There's no reason to even fucking drag this out. <laughs> he said half hour into the show or whatever the fuck. Um, no, I, uh, I, I'm just going to fucking tell you she's like a billionaire. That's, that's it. That's the, that's the knowledge you should know about Jamie Gertz. Not only is Jamie Gertz a billionaire, she owns the Atlanta Hawks, uh, basketball team, I believe, in some capacity, whether she's married to the guy who owns it or uh, or or married into the family that owns it. I forget which. Uh, and she's very active in NBA kind of causes and stuff. So she it's a big deal. Now, I should tell you this now real quick. This knowledge I have of Jamie Gertz, this isn't fresh. All right. So this is knowledge I have from a couple years ago, at least. Things may have changed. She may have she may have divorced this guy. She may have ducked out of all of the operations for the Atlanta Hawks. Because I will tell you, I know this about the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, there's the guy who owns them, and then he turned the team over basically to his son and his son's friend. And if you didn't think that this fucking country was going down the fucking drain, just think about that for a second. Like, this guy fired his general manager and his coach. Uh, because his son became friends with Trey Young, the point guard, and he decided that because, I don't know, he he played 
2K. I have no idea. Like he was going to run the team, and they traded a million draft picks for Dejounte Murray, and uh, and it turns out to be a very bad pairing with Trey Young, <laughs> and so the Hawks are lost. And so there is a good chance that Jamie Gertz has divorced herself from the daily operations of the Atlanta Hawks. Not that she, not that she was ever involved in the daily operations of the Atlanta Hawks. Now you know what I check check that. You know when she she's been involved in the daily operations of the Atlanta Hawks, but not recently. She was actually the one who recommended they draft a Kembe Mutombo. I don't know if you know this. She was she was like, that's him. She scouted him at Georgetown. She knew he was the guy. She also got Kevin Willis started with his clothing line. Yeah, that's right. And she knew, and she saw Dominique Wilkins at Georgia when she was very young. And she's like, oh, you know what? And I will tell you this. This is completely true. When Dominique Wilkins, when Dominique Wilkins was at Georgia, they would just be like, oh, man, this guy's like, it's crazy to watch him. Like, he's a superstar. Like, he, but I... He's just so good. It's it's like watching like a sports cast with a bunch of fucking highlights. And Jamie Gertz goes, yeah, he's the human highlight film. And they all went, what did you just say? And she said, yeah, I think Dominique Wilkins is a human highlight film. My neighbor's phone is ringing. You know, you know, that is it's the Atlanta Hawks calling to tell me to stop spreading this misinformation. I say bullshit on you. Jamie Gertz was the one who named Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight film, scouted to Kembe Mutombo at Georgetown and got Kevin Willis started in his sartorial fucking pursuances as he started a clothing company, or whatever the fuck he did. And he also could be bankrupt. Dude, let, all right. I got to come clean. Most of my Atlanta Hawks knowledge is uh, at least a couple years old. Things could have changed on the horizon. Kevin Willis may have been bankrupted. He may no longer have a clothing company. Uh, Dominique Wilkins will always be the human highlight film. Dikembe Mutombo may not have even been drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. You're, you're thinking to yourself as you Google it. And you know what I say to you? Dave Anthony points at you and screams like Donald Sutherland in Invasion of the Body Snatchers because how dare you use fucking Google, man? Uh, how dare you do any of that? How dare you do anything that anybody else would do or doesn't do? Uh, that's another thing I keep getting. I keep, how could you? How can you watch that show when that guy's on it? I go, I don't know. I like shows. Yeah, but that guy was mean to somebody once. I, I don't give a fuck. What do I care? It's not mean to me right now. I mean, if you're look, if you're some damaging asshole like fucking J.K. Rowling, then you'd be like, all right, this chick is a fucking cunt who needs to be ignored. But, uh, but a lot of people love Harry Potter. And I don't know. I didn't read it. Our great friend Liana Dixon sent me the movies. Uh, and, and it was a lovely gesture on her part. And I thought to myself, I should watch these and read the books. Um, and then everybody was like, why would you ever do that? Didn't you know that the person who invented it once ate a baby? And I'm like, I didn't know that she ate a baby. That, that seems weird. Uh, no, she uh, she doesn't like uh, whatever the fuck. You know what it is. I'm not going to go into this because I don't want to talk about this dumb shit. Uh, so, but I hear it all the time now. Hey, man, you. it's again, the kids in the hall were so far ahead of the fucking curve on this. There's a sketch where I, I've told it's one of my favorite sketches of all time. You've heard me talk about it before. I apologize for bringing it up again. But there was a sketch and it was at a county fair and it was a jam contest, like a, who has who the best jam in the county. And a local politician has shown up and he tastes the jam. And as he tastes them all, he's like, these are all delicious. They're so good. And it's just and everybody's like there's old women and they're waiting to get the blue ribbon and they're all excited. And he goes, you know what, if I'm going to pick, though. I have to pick this one here. He picks like C or D or whatever. And everybody goes, ah! and uh, he looks and he's like, what? And they go, you chose a child molesters jam. And the whole crowd parts. And there's Kevin McDonald in shekels. Not only 
did he get to enter his jam into the county fucking jam contest? But they brought him in shackles, not unlike a Hannibal Lecter, to observe the judging and collect his prize if he won. I don't know. And again, as I've said many times with comedy, if you ever think about it in a true and real capacity, you will die because it's so fucking ridiculous that not only would he be able to enter a jam, First of all, he's got to prepare the jam. He's, he's in jail. And clearly he's a dangerous felon because they brought him shackled to the competition. But now he has to make the jam in the jail so they give him access to the kitchen and ingredients that he needs. And then he enters it and he gets chosen. They don't ask any questions that why this dude from the jail is entering his jam. And then they have to arrange the security to bring him there. So clearly the guys who organized the, the county fair or the festival understand that there is a dangerous felon in their midst. So they've negotiated that you need to keep him shackled at all times. And then he's in the tent hidden behind cops and other people. And then he's revealed to be the winner of the jam contest. It's fucking so beautiful. Because then, of course, the, the politician spirals. And then as Scott Thompson is like, oh, you're up in the polls or down in the polls. It's it's a, it's my favorite sketch. And you know what it is? It's now. It's the world. Everything in the world now. Everything on social media is like, this you? Oh, you like this guy? Oh, you like that guy? Well, did you know that he was fucking mean to a, a valet Parker once? It's like, I don't, okay. I don't fucking know, man. I thought I thought maybe that his record was good. I liked his music. Like when people are always like, oh, man, did you know the fucking David Bowie was like sleeping with a fucking million 10-year-olds when he was fucking uh, Ziggy Stardust? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't. You know why? Because I was six. I don't have any fucking clue about it. I was six years old. I wasn't exactly tapped into the old David Bowie pedophile line trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And, I, and truthfully, I'm going to say this to you. If you saw Ziggy, if you saw Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie dressed up in his Ziggy Stardust outfit and you didn't think he was fucking railing teenagers. I got I got a problem with you at this point. Everybody looked. I mean, first of all, guys get two different colored eyes. That alone should tip you off that some shit's going down. And again, I love him. I'm a huge fan. I think he he wound up being a great guy. And and as we all, and this is another thing too. Uh, I you end up saying, "Hey, man, the '70s were a different time." And people get mad at you when you say that. They're just like, "Oh, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that you can be you know fucking pedophile." It's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I'm just telling you, things were different 50 years ago than they are now. Again, Jimmy Page had a bag of whips. Great, he brought some 13 year old on the fucking road with him. Listen to half the songs from the '50s. You know what I mean? Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? It's fucking 80s. That's Springsteen. And you're and still, you know what I mean? Fuck. <laughs> but everybody's got to have some bullshit they got to tell me. Oh, didn't you know that guy was a jagoff? Now, I'll tell you this. I, uh, I'm going to fucking say it. I, I had a situation recently where I wound up in, in, uh, <laughs> in my industry, there are people who've uh, who are fucking terrible. They're just star. And so I've been doing some stand up recently and I was on a show and after the show I found out that one of the dudes I was on the show with is a terrible fucking dude. And I'm not gonna get into it because I don't want to be pulling names out and all this kind of shit. it's just you know, and I've done a few sets here and there. But I didn't find out till afterwards. You know what I mean? I didn't know anything. So I just, I wound up talking to this person and was like, hey man, it's nice to meet you, whatever. And then I find out later uh, that, you know, it's not someone that I really want to do business with. It's not anybody I want to even talk to, you know what I mean? Quite frankly, because of what I found out. Um, 
And and I found out that there were some people who were very angry about it and some people that, you know, were just like, well, whatever. Like because I had um <laughs> I had a conversation about it with another uh person and their they had a their attitude was like, oh, the, everybody gets should get a second chance. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm I'm not saying that this person should be banned from the industry or canceled or whatever you want to use in in terms of those words. But I am going to say that I got no interest in shaking this person's hand or even saying hi to them, because quite frankly, in my book, uh, I, I'm I don't have any I don't want to be uh, involved in that. Uh, but at the same time, I will tell you this. I am just getting back into doing this. You know what I mean? I've gone to some open mics and fucking hung out. And so I'm new. So it's it's not this thing where I can just uh <laughs> Come in and be like, yeah, no, that's uh, fuck that. I'm not going to perform with that guy or I'm not going to perform with this woman because they're fucking terrible or they said rude things or whatever the fuck. Because, again, um, you know, in my industry, a lot of people say a lot of rude fucking things. Uh, but also at the same time, um, if I find out that people have done bad things in addition to saying bad things, I got no interest in being there. So then I can remove myself from the situation. That's the deal, because that was that was what the person I was talking to said. They were just like. Well, they don't get a second chance. And I'm like, well, no, they can do whatever they want. But, it, it, you know, it just means that I don't have to associate with them. And I and I can remove myself from the thing. And because then that's a different conversation. Like if I'm saying, hey, man, this woman should be banned forever from doing stand up because of this thing. Uh, then people would then I'm trying to control that person's life. All I can control is what I do. So if I think to myself, well, I don't want to fucking work with this guy because of this. Uh, I can do that. You know, I can be that person and I think you need to be that person going forward. You have to kind of, you know, lay the groundwork or whatever, um, you know, but, but unfortunately I worked with this person twice before I found anything out. I was like, all right, well, fuck now. I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, so I, who cares? I don't even know why I fucking spun into that. Uh, why did I, what was I telling you guys? <laughs> I was telling, oh, I was telling you my Jamie, Ger- Jamie Gertz is a billionaire. That had nothing to do with the fuck. I don't know how I spun into fucking telling you that story. Regardless. Um, so anyway, talk away that Jamie Gertz is a billionaire. Uh, it was it Jamie Gertz? Then they came in with Tumbo and uh, shouldn't say anything about movies. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Who cares? Uh, wait, go, all right, go back to the podcasting manual. Um, if capable, tell a long form story. Hmm. I think I'm capable of that, but I don't I don't know if I have like a long form story. Oh, you know what I forgot to tell you? I forgot to tell you the thing that dovetailed nicely into the thing I was talking about earlier about getting involved and stuff. All right, I'll get I'll, I'll tell you that and that will that will qualify as a long form story, or at least certainly uh, a story. I don't know if it'll be long form. Uh, so if capable, tell a long form story. So here's what I was going to tell you. Uh, I didn't want to talk too much about Uber stuff because, uh, you know, fuck. Um, but I was going to because I was going to group them together because look man i'm not gonna lie to you uh stuff has happened you know and and it's just fucking stupid but i'm I'm just i'll tell you this story uh <laughs> and i i don't remember what i was re- relating oh you know what i was talking about the shooters i was talking about people talking about i would tackle the ar-15 guy or whatever the fuck and i'd be like yeah and then you'd wind up a fucking goddamn puddle of blood pudding on the ground you motherfucker and how it's easy to say you'll get involved in something, but then when something is happening, uh, you really have to wonder whether or not it's worth getting involved in something. Okay. And that'll tell you this. I was out driving and uh, I picked up three people together 
in downtown Los Angeles. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why. It's, it's actually a running joke with me and Mariano. Uh, it's just not a weekend night if I don't wind up in Compton or South Central or or to very lesser degrees, Inglewood. Okay. Uh, I wind up down in this area almost all the time now. And it, it'll be, and, and I will tell you this, you know, Uber has changed so much from when I did it before the pandemic. When I did it before the pandemic, um, you know, you didn't know the destination of where you were going. And you, you, so you'd pick a ride and then you might be wind up picking up somebody, you know, down in a bad area or whatever, but they didn't want to tell you because they didn't want you turning it down or whatever. But the, after lawsuits in New York and things, they treat you more like an independent contractor now. So there are some advantages for the driver. One of them being that, you know, where you're going. So, uh, I don't have to, and also the acceptance rate they bust your balls on it, but they don't, as of now, they haven't come after me for it because I refuse to take rides that are only a certain amount of money. Like I only take rides over a certain amount. I, I you know, I'm not going to go into it, whatever the fuck, but what rides that are worth my while, you know what I mean? And, and I, so I'll, I mean, I'll do 20 rides a night, but they're all going to be decent distances. Now has that <laughs> have I made some mistakes and miscalculations? I have. I went from I went from downtown LA to Huntington Beach one night, which I thought would be great. I made thirty two dollars, but I also I drove thirty eight miles and then I had to drive all the way back for free. And I was like, oh, that was a mistake. But I liked making thirty two dollars. But whatever the fuck. Um. So that was my own fault because I tapped it real good. But I will tell you this: that the the woman I drove to Huntington Beach was fucking awesome. I had a really great conversation with her. She was real nice. And also, I should I should mention this. Um. She she found out I had a podcast uh, because we were talking and stuff. And then she kind of she's like, what do you do? And I said, ah, I do what everybody else in town does. But what's funny, of course, is uh, I was like, I do a podcast. I haven't done one in a couple months. I go, so if you if you know, she's like, well, I want to listen to it. I go, great. I go, well, you're going to hear one from fucking before Thanksgiving, sadly. Uh, so I don't know if she jumped in or not. I've not heard from her, which is fine. Uh, but that happens a lot. I have to tell you this, too, real quick with Uber. Um <laughs> in that same vein with this, the woman I took to Huntington beach, who was like, uh, Hey man, you know, you have a, whatever we were engaging in a conversation that was going extremely well. And then she was kind of, I told her I had a podcast, which I usually don't, but I'm, I've been saying this on stage too. And I'll say it to you guys. And I've been saying it on this show as well. You know what, man, I'm, I'm probably going to be dead in 15 years. So why the fuck am I not telling people what I do? Why would I not say to them, hey, I'm good. Hey, I'm great. Hey, you should listen to this show. Now, I struggle with that every day, which is clearly indicated by the fact that I it's taken me so long to get here to talk to you guys. Um, and every day I have like, you know, I have a change of attitude. I'm like, you should do this. You should do that. But then the bad part of my brain, and, and I, you, we've heard this before, but I'm going to tell you, it tells me. Hey man, it's been so long. Nobody wants you to do a show now. They they don't want to hear from you. It's, it's because what could you ever possibly say to them after leaving him and letting them down for three months or whatever it was? Uh, and so that happens every day. Like I tell myself, you know, and and I'll sit here. I've plugged in this microphone. I don't know how many fucking a hundred times over the past few weeks. 
and and then said to myself, well, what are you going to do here? You know, and, and then I'm like, well, just do like a half hour. Do that. You know, just give them something. But then I'm like, well, then they're going to be mad you gave them a fucking half hour. And people are very kind. They write me and they're like, dude, just say anything. Like buddy Jimmy O fucking who I grew up with from the UN of Evil. We had a con. We talked on the phone for like an hour and a half, and he's just like, "Hey, man, this is like a personal podcast." He goes, "But really, you should do a podcast." Uh, my friend Suzanne, my buddy Mark that I grew up with, uh, Mav Weba, Mark. You know, the, these people have reached out to me, and also I will tell you this: um, if you've sent me a text or a Facebook message, uh, I haven't answered it. And again, why? Well, here's why: because I hadn't done a podcast, and as you know. I feel stupid doing anything else if I haven't done the podcast. And so everything freezes like the whole my whole life freezes because, you know, my friend Ellen wrote me and, and I haven't written her. She wrote me in December. I haven't written her back. I mean, it's just fucking stupid. I, I don't know. I'm but I, I'm I'm not making any promises. Talk is cheap. I'm going to do the best I can. You know, and I say this every time. Uh, and then I show up and, and change the fucking odds on it. Like, I'm going to do the best I can, uh, you know, but my best is, uh, that's a withering concept. I, I don't know. It's, it's really uh, tenuous. I have no idea what my best it is at any given time. So I, but, but now that I'm doing this and I'll get to put out a show, uh, I'll feel more comfortable maybe reaching out to the people who wished me a Merry Christmas and Happy Thanksgiving. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, I can't imagine my Canadian friends are happy with me because they send me shit notes on WhatsApp and I haven't rested. Uh, Hannah, my friend Hannah gave me a Christmas gift. I didn't even thank her because I'm a fucking clown. Um, and the, and they're very nice because now they'll write me and they go, oh, don't worry about it. And that's very kind of you to say that, but I got to worry about it because if I don't, I'll never get better. I'll never get fucking better. Um, so, and, and so I, in my brain, I'm like, so even then I was like, you know what? Make the show be an hour. Just do an hour. Just give people an hour, an hour a week. Just do that. Cause I will I've had, I've had some real thought about the length of the show. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, two and a half hour podcast sometimes, well, not even sometimes it's averaging like two to two and a half hours. And in my brain, I'm like, are people sick of it? Like they can't fucking possibly want to hear that much out of one dude. Right. Cause I will say this too. Doing stand-up, and I may have... Look, this might be shit that I've already talked about, but again, it's it's been a couple months, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Doing stand-up has shown me this. <laughs> and I've talked I've talked about it on here. I must have. Um, you know, when you're doing the show by yourself with a microphone and just and talking into a fucking laptop or whatever the fuck, um, you can tend to convince yourself that everything you say is fucking gold. Like, you really think you're funny. You know what I mean? You think, And you think, man, I'm sharp. I'm fucking good. I'm on it. This is fucking beautiful. Uh, but there is someone out there right now who's listening to this and they went, why did you fucking talk about Jamie Gertz for fucking 45 minutes? It's fucking stupid. You know what I mean? I know that they're, and look, why would people, it's one of those things you're going to be like, why would people tune in? Or they thought it was stupid. I agree with you. I, maybe they don't, maybe that's just in my brain telling me that there is somebody out there, but at the same fucking time, dudes, I can't, I can't be all things to all people. And that's the thing I get to convince myself of. I'm not trying to convince you. You guys are nice. Anybody who's still listening to this shit after this amount of time, and it's not even shit. Anybody who's still listening to my voice, it's fucking awesome, and I love you, and you're amazing. Thank you. Uh, because, again, I have given you every single reason to fucking hightail it for the hills. Um, not that you got to hide from my podcast or run away from it. You can just stop fucking deleting it. It's not, <laughs> I'm not giving you, you know what I mean? It's not like this thing that's for, I'm not you too. I wish I could force myself into your fucking phone. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> but but I just, you know, I, I I'm a fucking mess sometimes. And I'm a handful, and I know all these things can be true, and you know them to be true, certainly. 
Uh, so I will do better and I will try to do my best. That's all I can tell you. And, and you're very kind if you're listening to this and you haven't given up. Like I mentioned, some of you have reached out to tell me what a fuckhead I am, and I totally get that too. I mean, I, I, I completely understand why I would be your enemy now that my free podcast didn't fucking come out in, in a timely fashion for you to fucking listen to. <laughs> uh, the people who continue to fucking subscribe to Patreon, you're fucking legends. I don't, I don't even know how to fucking tell you how great you are. Everybody's great. And like I said, you know, talk can be considered cheap. So if I say I'm going to do this or I'm doing that, but 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 please know I'm very present. And you can ask, you can talk to my friends. Like you can talk to my friend Suzanne. You can talk to Pat, and you can you because they, they get the brunt of it when they ask me. And I, I go, look, I I don't know what's going on. I'm I'm uh, I'm disappointing people, and I don't like disappointing people. And but then. What the thing that's funny is I disappoint people by not putting out a show, but then I'm like, but now I'm just going to disappoint people by putting out a show. Like they're not going to, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be good to make up for the three month absence. It's not going to be good enough. Uh, you know, what, what if it's not, now it's going to be seven hours. It's going to be a seven hour fucking show and it better all be goddamn funny and blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> get, get the whole point of this was telling you that in doing stand up, um, I'm finding out. You know, there, I need to edit a lot more in doing stand-up. It's, I'm creating, you know, as I'm doing bits and stuff like that, I'm trying to make stuff work. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, look, man, I'm a fucking sharp writer. I'm not going to lie to you. And I, and also, I will tell you this: uh, some of the stuff you've heard today, I've done on stage. I'm not going to lie to you. It's uh, might be not fully formed, or it might be in a different, you know, capacity because I'm. This is conversational, and that means just me doing stand-up. Uh, but some of the stuff that's been on here, you've I've done on stage already. You know, and and. This is this is another thing. We'll talk about this. To me, that was always cheating. Like I was like, well, the podcast stuff shouldn't be on stage because it's not the same. It doesn't make any, you know, whatever. Unless it's, you know, big stories like Seven Eleven and all that. So I was like, well, I can't just do, you know, these these bits and then turn them into bits. But then recently, because I've been doing more stand up, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm prolific. I, I just am. I mean, I can, I can, again, we're filling time here, but it doesn't mean it's all good. So I can write a bunch of bits to take them on stage. Uh, and comedians are very kind. Like I, um, you know, I've gone up at, at my brother's open mic a couple times and, uh, comedians who mean something to me have come up to me and said, man, you're funny. Uh, Henry Phillips, who's a, who's just a, you know, he's a friend and just a super funny dude. And I hadn't seen him in forever. And Augie Smith, you know, these are, these are funny fucking guys. And uh, I went up at, at Lenny's open mic deal and people paid attention and laughed the whole time. And uh, Henry came up to me. He's like, man, he goes, you kind of turned the room around here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, now people are paying attention like they're listening. And it was not a slight on the comics before me. Everybody handles silence or small crowds or whatever differently. I mean, I have. I mean, I've told you I've had my mouth go so fucking dry. My tongue stuck to the top of my fucking mouth. That's not fun. But it just so happened that I was loose and, and had fun and, and got laughs and people laughed. You know, real people laughed and then comedians laughed because they paid attention. And I, and this is true, too. When you when comedians think you're funny, they'll pay attention and you get respect and it changes you as a performer because it makes you confident. Uh, I don't know if that's all fucking Tinker Toy ABC bullshit. It might be, but it's a huge deal to me because I need confidence on stage. Even though I think I'm fucking hysterical, like I said, I, I also know I'm podcast hysterical. I don't know if I'm so much stage hysterical half the time. So to go on stage and be funny and have comics respect you, 
uh, I did a show at, at a golf course, like at a clubhouse at a golf course. And it was, you know, it was a fucking echoey room. They turned the TVs off, but we, you know, it was one of those. The thing I liked about it was it reminded me, these are the shows I used to fucking do. I used to go and show up all the time. And this this is how I made my bones was when you started out, you you did some country club, you did a fucking auto show, you did all this. Now, did I like it? Would I much rather be on stage at the improv every fucking night? Yes, I would. But this is where you went and you got good and you did your material and you did whatever. And, and also, you could be where you went and fucking bombed. I didn't like bombing. It happened. Still happens. But I went and did this golf course show and, uh, you know, other people went up and it was going okay and they were fine. But then I went up on stage and uh, I was I was fucking funny. I just was. There were there were <laughs> I made real people laugh. Comedians, too, paid attention and laughed. And uh, what was big about that show for me was uh, my buddy Pat came to the show. Pat and his wife Pilar came. And Pilar had never seen me do stand-up. And uh, so that's important. You know what I mean? Because I don't want her to think that her husband's friends with a fucking goof. You know what I mean? And Because, and, I mean, we get along great. I've, I've made her laugh in the kitchen at her house. You know what I mean? But it's not the same. So I went up and I did uh, material and uh, I, you know, did like 12 minutes or whatever the fuck. And I walked off stage. And as I walked off stage, Pat got up from his table and I went, you know, I had to walk around the corner on the, on the off to the stage stage left. And Pat was in the middle of the room and he walked to the back Because um, you know, when comedians walk off, you go talk, you go, first of all, you go right to the back clearly because you want to get the fuck away from everybody. Uh, but also that's where all the comedians, you know, the comedy blah, comedians hang out. So I, I went there and Pat walked to the back of the room. And as I walked up, he just comes up to me and he just goes, Dude, you have to do this. And I laughed and I go, oh, man, you're real nice. He goes, no, he goes, I'm not nice. He goes, if, if you sucked, I would tell you. If I thought it was okay, I would tell you, well, you know, I, you're just starting out again. He goes, but he goes, how many times have you been on stand-up? And I go, well, I've, I've been up probably four times this year. And I was in Chicago in November. And he's like, you have to do this. He goes, in this room with an echoey microphone and people, and he goes, and you, everybody paid attention and laughed like the whole time you had the room from the second you got up there. And I was like, you're very nice. I and I go, thank you. And I, I, I go, I think that's true, you know, I, but I just want to fucking jerk off. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm telling you. He goes, that was great. He goes, Pilar's never seen you. And she looked at me and she goes, Mike's funny. And, uh. You know, and, and so again, here comes the the bad part of me telling me, hey, man, shut up. You're jerking off and you're telling people all this bullshit. You know, you got compliments. Nobody fucking cares. But truthfully, I care. It was extremely important to me. It was it was important that Henry came up to me and shook my fucking hand and said, wow, man, you really settled the room. Like you got people paying attention and you're funny. Like you liked my bits. Uh, you know, and, and all my material is. I'm creating it like I'm, I'm creating it to go on stage now. It's not like I have some old act that I brought out of mothballs or whatever the fuck. Everything's new. Um, and it's exciting. You know, there, there, there's, uh, there's a bit I wrote that was on the way to the open mic and I thought of a line in the car and it made me fucking laugh. Like I was, but that, but then that's the thing is I, I think everything I say is gold. you know what I mean? So, so you get these real fucking lessons taught to you when you do them on stage. And then, but then the key is to keep doing it and go, all right, well, I can keep this out. This is the work. This is the work. And it's the work I never did because honestly, this has always come pretty easy to me. 
And I've always just gone up. Now, I've always been very precise in my wording when I was writing jokes and bits and material. But as I've become a podcasting guy, I'm just used to throwing out a fucking Gatling gun of jokes or material, words and language. You know, it, it wasn't as surgical as it was in the past. And so now I'm kind of marrying the two. And it's fascinating. You know, it's a process that's really fascinating to me. And it's re-energizing me a bit because, uh, you know, again, this used to be my life. It used to be what I did. And to get back into it now is is kind of... And I will tell you this. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been going to some of these shows. And I, I talked before about when I did the open mic and I bombed so bad. You know, when you see these people that have this ridiculous unearned confidence that aren't... They're not saying anything funny at all. Like they're not being good or entertaining or, and, but they're so comfortable on fucking stage. And in my brain, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, how the fuck are you this comfortable? Cause you, you haven't said one fucking funny thing the entire time you've been up there. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be judging. I should care about my own performance and stuff. But the more I go to do this, the more I get that some would say unearned, but I will call it earned confidence. And also I can bring up chunks of, of verbiage, chunks of words. And then it's like a statue. It's like, I bring up a big, a big marble stone and I do what I can to chisel it into something that works. And again, this is the work part of it. And I was never a guy to workshop bits. I was, cause again, my brain works against me. I would do bits on stage, but they had to be perfect. Like I was not a workshop guy where I just started, you know, saying a bunch of stuff and went, mm, you know, this worked, this didn't, I'll keep this, do this. I was never that dude. Everything went up fully formed. Like I wrote it and I had such confidence in the way I wrote and the way I spoke and the language I used and the jokes that I wrote that I brought them. That's how I brought them to the stage. And very rarely would I tinker with them or change them once I did them on stage to the point where to my detriment, where I would do bits that I thought were fine and they wouldn't, they wouldn't work, but I'd still keep trying to force them in and shoehorn them in. I, and I embarrass myself sometimes. I think about these bits that I did because I thought they were funny or I thought they would work and they, they didn't, but I kept doing them because I, it was the arrogance of, well, surely it, this isn't my problem. Clearly it's the audiences who aren't getting me. You know what I mean? And that's fucking wrong. Um, and I will tell you the arrogance that, that was on display in that shows up here on the podcast too. When I can talk to you about Jamie Gertz for 40 minutes. Now in the old days, when the show started, there were people who dug that they were like, I don't know how you can fucking zip around and bring shit together and come back to the fucking point. Uh, well, cause it's fun and sometimes it's easy. It's not as easy as it used to be, but it's fun and easy, but I will tell you there, I'm sure they're in my brain now. For some reason I keep thinking, well, like, there's people out there who are fucking mad at me. They're like, why are you fucking doing this? And that's when I was talking about the, the show, you know, being, perhaps too long, you know, like I said, I, I want to do two hours and two and a half hours and whatever. But then when I get to talking, man, I just, I love fucking talking. It's just a matter of doing it. It's so funny. I'm so mad at myself now because I haven't talked in forever, but now here I am talking and I'm like, ah, look at me. I'm fucking talking. This is beautiful. I'm excited. I want to keep talking. But then also part of me is just like, well, whatever the fuck. Um, all right. So, um, Oh, I was going to tell you this Uber story. So so I took that one woman to Huntington Beach and she asked about the podcast. But another time I, I picked up a couple and <laughs> it was, it, I don't know how to explain it. Like the guy was talking to me 
You know what I mean? He was, he was at, and I, and so I said, he asked about Ubering and he's like, you got any stories? And I said, well, I go, you know, there's been some bad stuff that happened, some good stuff that happened, whatever. Uh, I said, what do you want to hear? The best story, the worst story, whatever. And so I told him what he wanted to hear the worst story because everybody wants to hear the worst story. So I told him the worst story and, uh, you know, he was with his girl. I don't know if his girlfriend or wife or whomever in the back seat. So I'm, and I'm talking, it was, it was only like a 15 minute ride, but I talked and I told him a story and he and I were engaged and she laughed, you know, she was, she said, oh my gosh, like she didn't really talk to me. Okay. But he did. He talked to me the whole, you know, and asked questions. And, uh, so then I pulled up at their destination and <laughs> I'm did I tell you guys this? I hope not. Again, it's been so long since I talked to you guys. Uh, I pulled up to their destination. I go, all right, Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. And they go, oh yeah, no problem. You know, the, the dude was like, yeah, cool, man. You know, that's a great story. And uh, as they're getting out of the car, the woman goes, uh, are you on the radio? And I go, no. And she goes, man, you should be. I said, yeah. She goes, yeah, you just, you know, you just, your, your voice is great. It sounds like a radio voice. So like you should probably be on radio or something. And I said, oh, okay. well, you're nice. Thank you. I said, I go, but I'll be honest. If I was on radio, I'm not driving you home. And she laughed and uh, everything was fine, I thought. And uh, he's already out of the car and he slams my door and he goes around and she gets out and slides out her side and uh, she goes, thanks. And I go, thanks. And just as she's about to close the door, I hear him and he goes, what the fuck was that? And she closed the door and uh, like I said, there's things where you think to yourself, do I say something here? Do I get involved in this? Is there something I should do? Uh, but I mean, I didn't do anything. I talked to him the whole ride, but when she complimented me, she goes, yeah, you have a great voice. You should be on radio. And I said, well, if I was on radio, I probably wouldn't be driving you home. And she laughed. And uh, I think making her laugh or him, her giving me a compliment uh, made him fucking mad, like angry. Because again, like I said, she's like, all right, sigh, thanks. And what the fuck was that? <laughs> And she closed the door. I'm like, oh, don't tell me bad shit's going to. I think you're going to break up. It's going to be a huge fight. I don't, I don't have any fucking idea. It felt terrible. Because, uh, again, it was one of those things where I felt great. Uh, you know, I had engaged them with the story. Everything seemed to be going well. And then she was super cool. And then she said a nice thing and complimented me. And then just as she's about, I'm about to leave, what the fuck was that? I'm like, oh, Jesus, someone's getting punched. That's not fucking good. And in my brain, like I said, it's that first thought of like, should I say something like what, sir? Did you are you talking to me? I what's happening? You know what I mean? But I'm like, dude, I can't. I'm going to be dead 15 years. There's no point in fucking jumping out and getting involved in this shit. Or so I thought. See, I thought this was something that you could control inside yourself. I thought you could keep yourself from doing these sorts of things. You know, if you because my look uh, as a bouncer or a security presence, it's baked into me that when something happens, I need to get involved. Even when I wasn't bouncing, you know what I mean? I think I told you there was one revelation. The, the I mean, I, you know, it's like when I got into that gang fight at the movie theater as a kid in high school, and it was just like fucking 30 people throwing punches. It was fucking awesome. Uh, you, you know, it was just, it just, I would vibrate in that sort of situation when shit would happen. And I was like, I should, I got to do this. I got to break this up. I got to get in between these two guys. I got to do whatever I got to, even because I did it as a bouncer. But then even when I wasn't bouncing, I was always frosty and I was ready for anything that might happen. Um, and I think I told you the, the first time that that did not happen, I was at the Glendale Galleria and I was walking with Karen. We had just, uh, we were in the Galleria. I forget why we, what, were we might, she might've been going to Macy's or something. 
But we're in the Galleria, and out of nowhere, a fight breaks out. And and it felt like Escape from New York when Kurt Russell fights Ox Baker in the fucking wrestling ring with the baseball bats with nails in them because there's, you know, the malls have two levels. So there's these three dudes who go at it and they're throwing punches and they're fucking going and above us on the, in the mall, people are yelling and like cheering. And then they get surrounded by a bunch of people. And in the old days, when I would see three dudes go at it in my brain, I'd be like, I got to get involved in this. I got to fucking do this. I got to hang out. I got to fucking, I would be so frosty and ready to go. Now, would I jump in? Not all the time, but would I fucking possibly, you know, okay, break this up or whatever, whatever is some weird security capacity, but I just needed to be near it like a moth going to a light. I just needed to be fucking close to it because I would vibrate. And in the Galleria, these three kids just fucking started to go and people started cheering. It was almost like this on a dime. Everybody's like, ah, and they're screaming. Uh, and it almost like when the, when the fucking, the in the Warriors, when the guys on the bus are chasing the Warriors to the subway and they're just screaming and making noise like animals. It felt like that. It felt like all of a sudden danger had entered the mall. And I was like, dude, that's fucking, I don't even know what the fuck to do here. That's just, you know, in the old days I would get involved. And for some reason, uh, it broke out. People are screaming and yelling. And I, I put my arm around Karen and I took her the other way. Like I didn't want anything to do with it. (laughs) I, I, and it was this real breakthrough for me because I, I I don't know if it was just because I was with her or because I recognized that if I jumped into a fight with three kids who were probably in shape, I was going to get fucked up. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but the, the buzzer didn't go off in my head. There was no bell. There was no, you know, fucking get in, no vibration, no be a part of this. <clears throat> and, and it was a revelation for me. It was crazy. Now it had, it happened after that too, um, you know. I <laughs> times with my ex and stuff when guys would fucking sniff around or whatever. I'd be like, oh, I got to do something. But I've also made allusions to the fact that uh, you know I'm the lion in winter, if you will, where I'm I'm old now and I don't feel necessarily like that's something I need to get involved in. I don't need to go ahead and swing. <clears throat> and you think that, but every situation is different. And it all depends on, uh, you know, how you're feeling, where you're at. Like I said, when that guy said, what the fuck was that? I immediately recognized that his voice had changed. The whole demeanor had changed. Now, if he had done that in the backseat of my car, it would have been completely different. But the fact that they were heading in their apartment, it was no longer my business. And I hope it didn't go poorly for her that night. And I, I hope everything worked out and he calmed down or whatever the fuck. But he turned on a fucking dime and I felt it, but also in my brain, I was like, should I do this? Should I say something? Should I get involved? And I was like, no, you shouldn't. This has nothing to do with you. <clears throat> and I, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. Truthfully. I mean, you can't, you can't tilt at windmills and white knight for fucking everybody. You can't get involved in every conflict. You can't save the world. You want to, you think you can. And that brings me to this. <clears throat> I was driving. I picked up three people downtown as I told you and they get in the car and and it turns out they were going down to uh you know there's South Central and and there's Compton it's all kind of a, of a piece you know what I mean 
any down on you know like 58th and gauge all right you know what i mean that'll that'll tell you like that kind of area like it's you're out you're near mlk and obama boulevard and i'm not saying this is any sort of pejorative to any particular people i'm just saying that sometimes there are neighborhoods where you're just like all right well this is going to be um <laughs> i gotta i gotta stay alert is my point because i've had even my my mariano has said he's like why would you even go there and i'm like because i I you, I, you guys know my philosophy is like, I, I don't look for trouble. I'm not looking for trouble anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't think I'm going to have any trouble. I don't think there's going to be an issue. You treat everybody like the way you would want to be treated. You try to be polite. And also, man, I'm just doing a job. And I remember I was Travis barbecue. I'm like, I'll fucking go anywhere. I don't give a shit. I'm driving people. Cause when I'm out, I'm a mercenary. I'm just trying to make as much fucking money as I possibly can. in the amount of time that I'm on the road and then fucking go home. Uh, I, do I wish I didn't have to do that? Yes. Do I wish I was on a boat telling jokes? Yeah. Do I wish I was in a club telling jokes? Yeah. But again, this is this is the corner I've painted myself into. And so this is how I have to handle things. And so I don't ever discriminate. I don't ever go, well, I can't go down there. And now I discriminate financially. I'm not going to take some $4 ride anywhere. Beverly Hills or fucking, you know, down, down on 58th and Gage. But uh, it has to be worth my while or I'm not doing it. So I picked these three people up. It was a guy, uh, a girl and two guys, young, and they had been downtown at a free concert in the park, and uh, they're very nice to get in the car, and uh, the girl was Latina, Uh, Latino, Latina, I'm going to say Latina, I don't, I don't, Latinx, is that still a thing with the fucking X, they tried to convince us that was a thing for a while, Uh, but if it is, I, you know, I don't want to step on it, I don't know what people want to be referred to, but she was, she was obviously Latino or Hispanic. Uh, the two guys were too, but she had like a heavier accent. <laughs> um, so that's why it was evident. And the drive was, uh, it was like a 17 mile ride to where I had to take them. And so you have to do the math in your head, especially that late at night. You have to go, are they drunk? If they're drunk, are they going to get sick? Are they close to a, a situation where they're going to be a problem? There's three of them and it's two guys. Is that going to be something I have to deal with? Like I have to do all of this math, especially after midnight when I'm driving. You know, I pick people up and, you know, I'm always picking people up late at night is, is a coin flip because some, honestly, most of the time uh, you're getting people who are getting off work. You're getting bartenders or bouncers or security or wait staff. And they're just going home. That's what you're hoping for the whole time. I mean, you get your, you get plenty of fucking drunks. Uh, and that's when the math really starts to kick in. Cause you're like, holy shit, this person's fucking loaded. I got 11 minutes with them in the car and they can't throw up. I can't. Cause I, you know, you know, even getting back in the car was a fucking rough thing for me, but right now it's what I have because for some reason, 11 Trader Joe's don't think I'm worth talking to anymore. <laughs> so whatever the fuck. And until I can build up to where I'm doing stand up and making the money I need to make, I'm going to be driving people around. It's just the way it is. In addition to other things, which I'll tell you about another time. I know I keep putting that off. Jimmy O is just like, Hey man, why don't you talk about that job you got? I'm like, yeah, I will. But that's a whole show. I mean, I don't want to fucking just tell you that. And again, like I told you, I'm already fucking freaked out that you guys are going to be like, I can't believe this show is so long. Whatever. Uh, so they get in the car and I'm driving. So I got to do the math if they're going to be a problem. And, uh, you know, I give them the, you know, Hey guys, you know, do you want the heat on? Let me know if you care about music, I'll find something you like. And they're like, no, we're good. And so I start driving and, uh, you know, 
<laughs> 17 miles can seem like 700 miles, depending how people are acting in your fucking car. Because also you have to make the decision if they get out of hand or they react ridiculous. Well, you got to, you know, because you're on the freeway, you got to go, look, I'm dropping you guys off. Like, I'm not going to fucking deal with this because I'm, I'm very much a dad on a cross country trip when I'm Ubering. I'm as kind and nice and funny and impersonable as you can possibly be. But if I get disrespected or somebody's wrong or they're ready to puke or whatever, I'll pull over and go get out. You got to get out. I can't. Uh, (laughs) So these people were not that. They were... uh, there are people who generally are quiet when I drive them. And we just have the, you know, I've got the fucking chill beats on and we just drive in the dark. Uh, some people want to talk. That's very rare. Most people do not want to talk, which is that. But then there are people who are, and this, I don't, you know, it's so funny. Like even when I've been in Ubers, like when I would be in an Uber with Jill or with, with anybody else, uh, I was quiet. We were quiet in the back seat. You know, we didn't carry on some long conversation while the because it felt rude to me. Um, I don't know if my driving had anything to do with that, but it felt strange when someone would be driving and then in your brain you you just had a conversation like they didn't exist. It's a strange thing, but there are people, and I I would say probably you know sixty five percent of multi, when I pick up multiple fares when I pick up multiple people in a fare, uh, they talk. You know, because I guess it would be weird for them to sit in silence, I suppose. But for me, it it just kind of struck me as the thing to do. Um, but they'll talk, and I will say this: they don't realize that I'm listening half the fucking time. You know what I mean? So they'll they'll talk about some fucking banana shit, and I'm like, oh boy, I've talked about that before. Talking about girls, talking about sucking cock, and fucking, you know, I met this guy, and and same thing with dudes, and it's just you just sit there and go, all right, well, and and. It's like they view you as some weird, harmless, you know, like like somehow I'm I'm under oath to not reveal anything. Like I'm not going to tell anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, so I pick these three people up and they talk amongst themselves. And when I say talk amongst themselves, I mean that there's uh, the Latina girl and her gay friend will not stop talking. The, and uh, I I really like her because she's giggly and she's cute and she's kind of funny. Uh, in her discussion with her friend, uh, their quiet friend is interjecting periodically and I don't mind him cause he's just kind of cooling out in the back of the car as he heads home. Uh, but her friend that she would not stop talking with, he was crazy annoying. He was just an unfunny dullard, but she thought everything he said was amazing. And it was, uh, I'm going to use the parlance of the kids. It was the most basic bitch observations you could ever make uh, because he would even say that kind of thing. It's so basic, so random. She's such a bitch. And like this girl, though, thought he was the the greatest, funniest fucking person in the world. And so they kept talking. And it, it made me like in my brain, I was also rooting because uh, the guy who was super quiet, who would only interject periodically. I was waiting for him to just go, hey, guys, could you shut up? Because I'm going to try to sleep. You know what I mean? I was hoping he would be my bulldozer where I didn't have to fucking say anything. Um, but, uh, you know, I, and I'm driving at least, they, you know, they, they were maybe tipsy, but they weren't drunk. So that wasn't even a, a hassle. I didn't have to do the calculus on them throwing up, which made me very happy. But now I just had to get down to, you know, wherever the fuck they were going to be. And also, then I, uh, unfortunately, I realized they were multiple stops. Now, I will say this uh, again, as a rule, uh, I usually do not take multiple stops late at night because you're trying to make as much money as possible. So you're trying to pick up and drop off as many people as you possibly can. 
And to this day, it still happens. I'll pick people up at fucking one thirty in the morning and they go, hey, man, can you go to Jack in the Box? And I'm like, no. They're like, what do you mean? No. I'm like, why would I go to Jack in the Box? I got to get I'm trying to make money. Oh, we'll buy you a Coke. Uh, and I and I say it and it's so funny. It's it's rude, but I say it. I go, I go, you know what? That's I appreciate that. But for some reason, my landlord no longer takes Coca-Cola for rent. Uh, and I know it's a smart assy shitty thing to say, but but honestly, fuck you. If you think a two dollar Coke is going to make me wait in a drive through for for 15 minutes while people are picking up passengers, you know what I mean? It's not going to fucking happen. Um, and, you know, people get snotty about it, but whatever the fuck, I don't care. So I usually don't do the multiple stops. But when I picked them up, like I said, a 17 mile fare in the middle of the night, you know, it's it was pretty good. It was like it was I think it was like twenty four dollars because there was a semi surge going on. So I'm just going to make the money. And that's why I don't give a shit where I'm dropping them off. It doesn't matter. But I didn't notice the multiple stops and I accepted it. I picked them up and I'm like, well, fuck, this is just the way it is. Uh, so I, I, you know, head down to, like I said, I think, I think it was 58th and gauge or 58th and Broadway. Um, but it was a bad neighborhood. Now I've told you before I've gotten, remember when I got a flat tire down there <laughs> and, uh, and that one dude came out of nowhere, the, the fucking Hoke from driving Miss Daisy fucking Will Smith from that golf movie, magical Negro movie trope guy who helped me change my tire. Um, uh, I think I even put a picture of him up on the West Side Joker's page. He, you know, he really saved me because people started to come over on their bikes and go, hey, man, what's going on? They started asking me questions and I'm like, hi, guys, <laughs> in my fucking Bears hoodie or whatever I was wearing. Um, and he was very kind, you know, so uh, so when I go down there in my brain, I'm always kind of, you know, I I've been down there a lot and I've had, you know, you can't make. You'll go down there and there'll be like hookers on the corner and you can't look at them because they come walking to your car. They just they come walking over because they think you're giving them the sign. And I will tell you, I I truly and it, it feels like I may have told you this already, but I, I actually kind of enjoy going down there. From an anthropological standpoint, <laughs> because it, it feels like I'm observing a completely different world because there's all these houses with bars on their doors and on their windows. There's these bodegas that are open, these vape, sh- you know, like smoke shops that are open at at one thirty in the morning. Uh, and and the thing that will be so weird to me is like I'll be down there sometimes at two thirty three a.m. and there'll just be a guy in the street. Just walking. I think I told you that I, I came upon some guy fixing his car with a hanging light at three in the morning on the curb or whatever the fuck. You know, these these it's just they're you know, it's a different world. It just is. Uh, and another thing, too, is all the fast food joints are open down there 24 hours. Like by me, everything except Jack in the Box rolls up at fucking one. Well, you, and the grocery stores, too. Like you go down there, you can find like there's bodegas that are open. There's all sorts of shit. And there's a Popeye's a 24 hour Popeye's down there. It's fucking amazing. Um. But at the same time, I'm not going to bring out a lawn chair and sit on the corner. You know what I mean? I'm there to do what I do and then kind of avoid the being there for as long as I, you know, I'll pick people up and and drive people, which is great. But uh, it's not like I'm looking for an apartment down there. You know what I mean? So I I see that's multiple stops and I take them down and uh, I wind up turning down the side street, you know, because there are main streets like Gage and Broadway and Obama and MLK and Hawthorne and you know these are Normandy these are big streets 
But then there's the sign streets, and those are the numbers, usually 58th, 56th, 117th, you know what I mean? And anytime you're going down 117th Street, come, you know, you, you know, <laughs> no matter what state you're in, no matter what city you're in, it's not going to be good. There, any, any of the numbered avenues, you're, you're in a situation where it might be some people who are saving up to move as soon as they possibly can. So I turned down the street, and uh, it was the first stop. Like I said, it was multiple stops. So I start heading down this block, and as I turn uh, about halfway up the street in my headlights, I can see uh, some activity. I don't know what it is, but there's a car with its flashers on, and I see like there's movement in front of the flashers, and it's very fast movement. Like I can see something keeps cutting in and out of the of the lights. And I recognize it's it's people. It's got to be people because what else could it fucking be? And as I get a little bit closer, I'm still about, you know, a good two thirds of a block away from them. My lights catch it and uh, I realize it's a fight. And I all I see is like a, a blur, you know, just fucking dust and ampersands and asterisks flying all over the goddamn place and just fucking someone is is throwing and it, there's a couple people in a fight and then there's somebody else there and he this person i don't know if it's a guy or a girl at the time was i'm pulling up and he's got uh it's a he's got groceries all on his arm like kind of looped over his arm and so there's a car with flashers the dude with the groceries and as i get closer i see this fight all right and i look at the phone and it turns out i'm this is literally the first stop i told you it's multiple stops i'm supposed to make two stops well the first stop is it's directly across the street from this fucking fight. So I have to go to it. I have to pass it. Because uh, also, I will tell you this. In in this neighborhood, in anywhere down there, you don't want to pull in anybody's driveway and back out. Uh, you also don't want to, like, turn around on a street. Not even so much for the people, but if there's a cop and he sees you turn around, he will he'll fucking light you up. It just happens. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this story, but I, I was down there once it was again, real late three, three fifteen AM or something. And, um, I'm so used to driving and the streets are deserted and I just want to fucking go. And I don't know, there's a red light. So as I'm approaching the red light, I flash my brights at it. It's a trick I learned from Karen. Uh, do I, do I think it works? I don't know, but Karen convinced me that it works, that if you flash your brights at a light, it'll change. Uh, it's the same thing like when she when you go through a tunnel, she honked her horn. I don't know if it was for luck or what it was, some superstition, but now I do it every time. If I drive through a tunnel, I beep, beep, I honk the horn. <laughs> and same thing if I approach a red light and it's late at night or there's nobody else on the street, nobody in front of me, I just flash my brights, bing, 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 until I get to the light. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not saying anything, you know, I'm not giving you some fucking tip. Try it, and I, I could be full of shit. I don't know. Sometimes it works, though. So... um this was a different night and I was approaching a red light and I just fucking flipped my brights, bing, 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 bing. And there was a car approaching like about, you know, at the other, it was a full block away at the other light. And as I flash my brights three or four times, I pull up and fucking it's a cop and he just lights up and he does a U-turn right behind me and I, and pulls me over. And, uh, you know, this has happened a couple times, this sort of situation. Uh, the other time it happened, they didn't pull me over. They just pulled up alongside me. But uh, this guy pulls me over and he gets out and he goes, uh, hey, what are you doing? And uh, I go, why? Nothing. He goes, I, I said, I'm an Uber driver. I was just I was flashing my brights to try to get the light to change. And he go, he didn't even ask for my license. He goes, you got your app on? And I go, yeah, you can see right here. And he goes, OK. He goes, why are you here? 
And I said, well, I'm, I'm driving. Like I said, I'm an Uber driver. And he goes, yeah, but why are you here in this area? And I don't know if he thought because I was flashing my brights, white guy looking for drugs. I don't even know. I don't know what the fuck it was. And I don't want to say anything because, again, it's 3.15 in the morning and these guys have guns. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So I just go, I'm just I'm just working. I just dropped somebody off and I was heading back up north on, you know, to get up to La Brea so I could shoot up to Hollywood. He goes, okay. He goes, uh, get out of here. And I go, well, I am. I'm heading out. He goes, no. He goes, he goes, you should probably turn the app off and don't take any rides down here. I said, okay. He goes, yeah, you don't, you don't belong down here. Not at this time of night. <laughs> and I was like, no problem. And I turned off the app and then he just got in the car and I fucking drove off. And, and again, I, I think, you know, if I had any sort of, if I didn't have the app on or if I, you know, had, had been drinking, they would have, they would have, it would have been a lot worse for me. But I truly think that because it's in that part of town, they're going to ask a white guy what he's doing there. And then they're going to tell him to leave. You know what I mean? Like it, it, they were satisfied that I wasn't there for any malfeasance. They were like, fucking go ahead and take off because they've got much bigger fish to fry in that, in that part of town at that time of night. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I've had the same thing happen before where a cop just pulled up alongside me and he made me roll my window down. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, I'm an Uber driver. He goes, no, he goes, you, sh- you got to move along. <laughs> I go, well, all right. But he goes, no, no, you, sh- you shouldn't be here. Like, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, and I'll tell you what, man, I've been down there a million times. And, and, uh, and it's funny. I'm going to tell you that there's no problems, but I'm telling you this story. I just fucking stumbled into a fight. All right. Nothing bad has happened to me yet. I'm Oingo Boingo. All right. Uh, you know, nothing bad has happened to me, but have I been around a bunch of fucking crazy shit? Yes. Uh, and I guess I'm telling you about it now. So I see in my headlights that they're throwing, that there's a fight and it's clearly happening. Uh, like I said, I can just see a couple, at least two people are fighting and there's a third person with groceries on their arm and I slow down. They're still talking, by the way, in the back seat, they're still talking. They're, they don't even notice what's happening. Blah, 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 blah. The one dude sleeping and I go, uh, Hey, and they kind of like, they stop talking. I go, uh, we got a couple people settling some stuff up here. <laughs> And uh, they're like, what? And I go, and yeah, that's right where I'm supposed to drop you off. I go, so I'm, I might have to pull forward a little bit, but I'm going to have to write, I'm going to have to drive past them and pull forward to drop you off. Uh, and he, they're like, oh, and the girl's like, okay. And as I pull closer, uh, we get a better view of the fight. And it is, it is a dude who is going, it's not, this isn't a fight where people are like arguing and pushing. This is a fight. It looks like a hockey fight. It's people fucking in a clinch, and one dude is throwing bombs. I mean, he is just fucking starching whomever he's blasting with haymakers, hitting them, and that person's just kind of holding on. And as we get closer, I realize that's a woman. And the dude with the groceries is trying to stop whoever this fucking gorilla is from fucking win. And I say gorilla because of his fucking size. Don't shit on me. He was because they weren't, he was a Latino guy when I got close. And, uh, I mean, this fucking dude is wailing and he's hitting a girl. It just is. We can see her hips and we can kind of, you can just see that she's in her stature. We know it's a girl. And, uh, even though it all dawns on us at one time, the girl in the back of the car goes, I think that's a girl. 
And I look and I go, yeah, I, I think you're right. And she goes, oh, my God. And I go, and this is the part where I tell you uh, I start vibrating because I'm I'm clearly seeing a woman getting tuned up by some guy on the street and another guy is there holding groceries and he can't stop him. And then like two more people come out of the house and one of them shoves the grocery guy into the car, like into the trunk of the car, not into the trunk of the car, but pushes him against it. So now there's f- like five people out there, right? And uh, I still got to drop this one dude off and we're all just mesmerized because they're bathed in my headlights. We're watching it go on and this guy's fucking hitting. And, and now one person's trying to pull him off. One dude has got the grocery guy pinned against the trunk. And uh, and this girl is just getting fucking mollywopped. And I, I feel it. I feel it in my stomach. I feel it in my neck. And I'm and I I'm vibrating and I'm and I we got to do something. I we gotta I gotta I gotta do something. And so out loud I said uh, when she's like I think that's a girl, and I go yeah. And then there's like a beat as we see these two guys stumble out and it turns into a five person fucking Donnybrook and I just go, do we got to do something about this? Like we gotta we gotta get out and fucking fix this? Like what do we do? And the girl just goes. Fuck no, we live in the ghetto. Go, go, go. <laughs> and I, I, it was this, it, it just fixed it. It made me, it made all the fucking, because again, what am I going to do on, on 58th and Gage with five people fighting in the street and a woman getting, what am I going to, hey there fellas, we, we should probably stop this now. I mean, I don't know who's got what. I'm going to get hit with a bottle. I'm going to get fucking smoked. And also, hey man, this guy's handling his business. I mean, I'm sure this woman isn't the toughest fighter you've ever seen, but this guy is throwing heat. I mean, he's fucking punching, fucking throwing hands. It was, it was not a, uh, it was not a dust up. I mean, it was, they were, fu- she was, it was bad. It was bad. But when this girl said that, fuck no, we live in the ghetto. Go, go, go. Uh, I It made complete sense. It made complete sense. And I just drove past. I drove past this fucking fight and hoped they didn't get in my way. Went around the car with the flashers on. And then I did pull up about three car lengths away from it. And I told the guy, I go, look, I'm letting you off here. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm sorry I passed your house. And he's like, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. And uh, he gets out and he fucking runs, just fucking sprints into his house. And uh, in the in the rearview mirror, I can see they're still going at it. Like, I mean, it's just fucking, they're trying. And you can hear the, now the guy's just fucking making noises and shit. And uh, the girl's like, go, go, we got to go, we got to go. And so I did. I pulled forward and I fucking, I took them to their stop and got the fuck out of town. (laughs) And this is six weeks ago, a month ago. And I think about it every day. And I wonder if what I did was wrong. And I know ostensibly for me, it wasn't wrong. I know for the safety of the people in my car and for my own health and for the health of my fucking car and for whatever I, cause I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. It made complete sense for me to leave, but I think about it every day and I think what I could have done 
And I, I think what I should have done. And I think about what I did. And it's it's interesting to say what I should have done because that there's a double meaning here. Well, what I should have done in a, a polite and normal society and world is get out and fucking save somebody and help them as they were just having the worst the worst fucking possible evening you could ever imagine. But also the what I should have done is exactly what I did. It was selfish and I'm I'm conflicted because I think it was wrong. But you you have to make the phrase is a business decision at that point. And am I going to get out and jump into a pile of five people and try to break up a fucking fight? Not knowing if there's weapons or guns or if I'm just going to get fucked up. Cause what if they turn, what if all of them just go, who the fuck's this guy again? Also, I, you know, I don't belong down there. And, and if they just fucking curb stomp the shit out of me and then take the car, I, I, so what I did was, I did what I should have done, but in in a good world, I, I did not do what I should have done, and it makes me angry, and it makes me sad, and it, it makes me think a little worse of myself, but at the same time, again, if I... If something terrible <laughs> had unfortunately happened to me and, and, but I, but you can't think like that. You should always want that. Like I always say, this world's a wood chipper, man. If you can help somebody up, do it, put your hand out and help them. And I had an opportunity to help somebody there. I did. Uh, and, and you know what? Maybe it would have been different if the people in the back seat were like, yeah, man, let's fucking go. Let's fucking get involved. Let's do this. But they wanted nothing to do with it. They just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And and in that moment, I felt, well, these people know this area a lot better than I do. They live here. They know what's going on. And she's like, fucking go, go, go. Like, don't do not do it. And and that made it made all the sense in the world in the moment. But even 10 minutes later, I felt sick. And every single day that has gone by since... I've thought about this at least once because I'm also down in that area a fucking ton. You know, I, I, and I've had other, other crazy things happen, uh, that I'm, you know, I'm not going to fucking drop all over you now, but, uh, but nothing that where I felt that I could have made a difference like this situation. But, is that me just thinking too much of who I am and what I could do? I don't know. It's, it's too fucking hard. It's too hard. And this this is just a fight in a street. Can you imagine if you were some fucking person in a movie theater shooting and, you're, and you got away the survivor's guilt you would have from knowing that everybody got shot and you fucking ran out and made it? And there's those moments of, of clarity where you're like, man, you know what? I, I made it out. I'm, I'm, I'm alive, and that's something to be celebrated. But at the same time, you realize that you, 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 always, you always will have that thought. What if I'd stayed? What if I somehow was able to make a difference? 
What if I got involved? Well, what if you got involved and you saved everybody? That would be fucking amazing. And you would be able to look back on that moment as a turning point in your life. But what if you had gotten involved and you got fucking scorched? And you ate two bullets and you bled out on the floor of a fucking movie theater. And it's popcorn and fucking jujubes. And that was a turning point because it was the end of your life. And maybe I'm being presumptuous by comparing this situation to that. But in the moment, it felt like it could have been life-threatening if I got out of the car and jumped into five dudes (laughs) or four dudes and a woman, whatever the fuck was happening. Uh you know, and, and I'm not trying to be self-indulgent here where I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm this or that. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm not saying I would have been a hero. But I'm saying it's pretty obvious I'm not one. And that's something I think about every fucking day. You guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Or is that x.com slash the 40-year-old boy? I think it is. You can follow me at uh, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok at Mike40YOB. I'm still there. You're goddamn right I'm still there. It's frightening, right? You, you, You never thought I'd still be there, did you? But I am. I'm at all of those places. Now, have I put anything up? Of course I haven't. Because again, if I put something up on Instagram, then you're like, why did you do a fucking podcast? Or if I put something up on TikTok, you're like, what the fuck? Oh, you got time to do this bullshit? Uh, believe me, I get enough of that. I, I, I know you think that I'm exaggerating, but I do get that from people. They're like, oh, you're doing this, huh? Well, I guess without doing a fucking show. And I'm like, I what the fuck, man? What are you, the goddamn microphone police? Step the fuck off, microphone police. How fucking dare you, man? Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, all right, so you can get me at uh, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, Mike40YOB. You can find me on there and follow me and be my pal and my friend and all of those important things that I need in my life. That would be great. I'd appreciate it. Uh, did you know our good friend David Hernandez has a podcast? He does. It's called the uh, Flemcast Pod, Flemcat Podcast. Jesus Christ. There's a couple of podcasts I'll tell you about. First, I'll tell you about my good friend at the Paranoid Strain. That's our friend, Fearful Jesuit, and uh, he's uh, all sorts of up in everybody's business with his podcast these days, and, and you're like, well, what is it about, Mike? You know, I got to be honest, man. It's been three months. I barely know what my fucking podcast is about, but but I can tell you this. He's been putting out quality, consistent product. It's fucking awesome, and it's him and fucking uh, Danny Unicorn, and they're, and go listen. It's fucking cool as hell, and it's I'm I'm... Proud to call Fearful Jesuit, my friend. He's one who does reach out and tries to hope that I'm okay. It makes me very happy. I love him. I know you will love him as well. Let him into your heart and life by downloading the Paranoid Strain podcast, available where all of your finer podcasts are stored or locked up, ready. There, you know what they are. All of the all the finer podcasts are in a they're in a hatch above you, and you're wearing a baby doll nighty. And you're going to sit in a chair and you're going to pull a lever and they're going to come splashing all over you while Romeo by Donna Summer plays. And uh, and you're going to be like, I'm so covered in the best podcasts in the world right now. R-O-M-E-O, Romeo. Uh, why not do that? So, yeah, there you go. It's Paranoid Strain. Check it out. And then and, and I mentioned David. The Flem Cat podcast is out there. He's uh, dealing with all sorts of fun stuff like uh, Derek's and animals and 
whisper campaigns. I don't know if any of this is true. I know there's a, he's got a whole coterie of characters, a whole bevy of people. Uh, and he was just a, he was in Mexico, I believe it's somewhere. He's got, look, I'm sure he's got stories from all over the globe. So he's a guy you want to go ahead and pay attention to as well as his, you know, he does music and songs and he's a, uh, he's, as I've mentioned, a Renaissance man whom you can hire to do artwork for you. He's just, he's doing it all. He's, uh, he's everything. And that's again, uh, you know, when I'm going to do a podcast, I'm like, well, eh, nobody needs to hear from me. They got David out there. He's filling in the gaps, him and the paranoid strain. Everybody's down listening to them. And I'm all I'm doing. I'm just adding, I'm just taking up space on your phone. So you can delete it later without even listening to it. Cause you're like, I'm so gripped by these other shows. Uh, hi, that guy lives in my head. I don't like him, but he shows up a lot. He's taking up a permanent residence. Uh, and I keep trying to evict him and there's, it's just not happening. I want to evict him. You know what? You ever tried to uh, fucking tape an eviction notice to your own skull? It doesn't work, especially because he lives inside my skull and he can't see it. I can't get in my head and put anything in there. I, I thought about it. I thought about writing an eviction notice on a posted stamp and then using tweezers to put it inside of my ear all the way to the deep recesses of my brain. So then the guy who lives in there and tells me that I'm fucking terrible would finally see it and get out. Uh, but I'm in the midst of getting him out. I just it's right now. He's still he's still dug in a little bit like a tick. But eventually, I'm sure I will be able to dig far enough into my skull with some sort of serrated spoon and scoop him out like the breakfast grapefruit I should be eating every morning with my non-carb nonsense. Right. Right. Although I can't eat fruit and that sucks. There's another thing. I'm like, that's why this keto thing fucked me up. It's like meat and cheese all the time. And I know that sounds great. But that sounds great if you're fucking Augustus Gloop. You know what I mean? You're eating fucking <laughs> sausages and cheese and bacon and fucking eggs and ham and chocolate river. That's your whole fucking meal. That's everything you eat. That's me. That's what I've been doing. And uh, I, sh- I got to cut the chocolate river out clearly. Uh, but I was looking for different tastes. Again, like I mentioned, the keto, is, the keto bread is fucking eight bucks. Get this. There's this stuff called, I think they're called zone bars. I don't know. It's not cliff bars. It's not whatever the fuck, you know, there's all these different bars, uh, but it's not cliff bars, but it's something that's got, you know, 10 carbs, but seven of them are dietary fibers. So those don't count because they get converted. And then there's three and I don't look, dude, I can't do fucking calorie math. I don't know any of that shit. The food pyramid's a lie, but, uh, Mariana's like, you should buy some of those. So, uh, there's, there's, and I was I was at the store and they only had lemon surprise, whatever the flavor was, because there was birthday cake flavor, s'mores flavor, chocolate raspberry, whatever the fuck. But they were all out. They were all gone. All they had was lemon. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to grab these, uh, but they sounded good. The reason I didn't grab them, though, is because a box of four is eleven ninety nine. Eleven dollars and ninety nine cents for a box of four of these fucking things. And again, I don't know what kind of fucking Elon Musk boring machine they're using to get the carbs out of the food that costs so much fucking money, but apparently it's working in some way, converting things into other things. Who knows? Uh, and did I buy them? Yes, because Mariano's like, you got to try all this stuff to see what's going to work for you, to see what you want to fucking eat. And so I bought those things and I bought Lemon Surprise. And so he told me, I go, uh, I go, they have these. Are these good? He goes, yeah, those are good. He goes, but the lemon ones are terrible. Don't get the fucking lemon ones. He goes, get like the chocolate fudge or whatever. And uh, but I I bought the lemon ones because honestly, I like fruit. I like lemon and I like lemon bars and lemon flavored stuff. Um, 
I had a pivot. Like you know, if you were if you were going to give me an ice cream, I'm going to pick a fruity ice cream. The you know, cherry Garcia has got some chocolate in it, but it's mostly got the cherries, which I like. Um, but I I like a lemony. I like a raspberry. I like these bright flavors. You know what I mean? I don't need and chocolate and peanut butter is really good. It is. And uh, but boy oh boy, it just it's just it can be like a fucking bowling ball in your mouth sometimes. You're just like oh Jesus Christ, it's so heavy. Uh, so I like a fruity thing. I like some fruity nonsense. I like fruity get the car as Eddie Murphy would say. And uh, and so I, that's me, Mike, hi. You know me, I'm the guy talking. Um, I prefer fruit. So I bought the lemony ones, and uh, I, I could eat one a day because I didn't want to be too crazy because, again, $12, you got to parse these fucking things out. And uh, let me tell you something, the lemon one, a delight, a delight. It was super good, and it made me go, well, maybe I'll buy the other ones. So I bought a... Uh, Bought a chocolate fudge, disgusting, uh, because they never get the chocolate right. Because I, you know, I like milk chocolate. I like sugary fucking candy. That's what I like. Um, so when I when I go to eat it or whatever, it tastes like fucking chocolate. But if you eat these diet chocolate things or these non-carb chocolate, whatever the fuck, any of it, it always tastes like. When I was a kid, there was this thing called the AIDS diet plan. It became a punchline, obviously, when AIDS showed up. But it was a candy. It was supposedly a diet candy. And, uh, you know, as a fat kid, I told you I would eat AIDS diet plan candy and Aspergum because I was such a fucking monster. Uh, but you eat this AIDS diet plan candy and it's just this fake, you know, fake fudge. Uh, you know what you lose? You're going to lose. You eat fake fudge. Fake fudge. It's disgusting. It has this it, uh, all, and all of it has the same flavor, whether it's low carb or zero sugar or whatever the fuck. They just never get the chocolate right. But the lemon bar was a delight. It tasted like an actual dessert. I liked it. Uh, I tried chocolate raspberry. You know, the raspberry was fine, but just give me raspberry. I don't. I, and I think it was white chocolate raspberry too, which is even fucking worse because white chocolate, as I've mentioned many times before, is just like it's just disgusting. White chocolate is so because it's not even real chocolate. It's 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 I don't know sugar with wax. I don't know what the fuck they make, but it's not good. Don't eat it. But so, but regardless, I bought a couple of these boxes. And like I said, I had one a day where I'm eating them. And then they, they went on sale at Ralph's at the grocery store. And it was uh they were it was normally eleven forty nine, I think, but it was nine forty nine on sale, but it was eight ninety nine if you bought five boxes. And in my brain I'm like, I'll just buy five boxes. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Are you gonna spend forty five dollars on shitty snack bars? What the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, and so I could not pull the trigger on the forty five dollars snack bar purchase. I was like, fuck this. And because even in my head, I'm like, well, this would be good for a month. Well, not really. It'd be good for 20 days, but you can eat them every other day instead. of. And I'm like, fuck this, dude. What are you doing, man? Because committing <laughs> to this kind of lifestyle where you're eating normal food all the fucking time. You know, give me just give me a, and, and I look, I can go to five guys and drop twenty five bucks. I shouldn't. But if you go to In-N-Out, you can spend 20 bucks or 15 bucks. We just get a double-double or a tri- you can get a three-by-three three with no fries. Whatever the fuck. Nobody cares. Uh, my point is don't eat the fucking shitty chocolate. And then so then I had this epiphany where in my brain, because this, this guy also lives in my head, where I'm like, I'm making great progress. I'm doing good. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm, I'm lifting. I'm losing weight. I'm getting good cardio. And then part of me is like, you know what, though? You could still kind of eat some stuff, even though you're doing because the cardio, you're burning off a lot of stuff. So you could just go ahead and give yourself. Well, you want to just go ahead and have some candy. That's a good idea. Uh, hey, man, what if you know what? If you just had tacos once 
Because also, here's the thing. You know, I just said, you're going to be hearing me say a lot because I say it on stage too. I'm going to be dead in 15 years. You know, I keep saying that. Um, Well, that philosophy also lends itself to going, I'm going to be dead in 15 years. Have the taco. Like, you know, those bullshit like live, laugh, love or dance like nobody's looking. There's always that one that's like, uh, life is short. Eat dessert first. And uh, and that fat guy in me was just like, yeah, man, I'm gonna be dead in 15 years. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna eat pudding for like an hour. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Because I'm like, I'll still lift and I'll be in good shape and I'll feel good about the cardio. But you know what? An hour's worth of pudding isn't gonna kill a guy. And then I just strap a feed bag filled with tapioca to my fucking face and neigh like a goddamn racehorse for the next hour as I fucking choke down fake rice pudding. Good Lord, what's wrong with me? Just p- pouring a whole can of cinnamon into my mouth to try to fucking make it uh, work. Because, dude, rice pudding with cinnamon is so fucking good. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't fuck chocolate pudding. I don't give a shit about it. I don't like tapioca is disgusting. But fucking rice pudding with cinnamon on top. Oh, man. And uh, there's a joint around here, like a Mexican place. And they, you know, what? they put raisins in it, which isn't my top choice. But at the same time, when you're when you're eating, it's like when I said you were like searching for a caraway seed to spark joy. If you're just if you're marinating in rice pudding and you're eating it, you're like like mutley floating around your house. And then all of a sudden you bite into a plump raisin. Oh, my Christ. Guys, let me tell you something. When when you when a fucking raisin comes in your mouth, it changes your life in the middle of a bowl of rice pudding. Cause again, you're enjoying the rice pudding. It's delicious. But then all of a sudden a fucking like a micro burst of raisin cum goes all over your tongue. Oh my God. It just, and with the cinnamon, Oh, come on cinnamon and raisin and rice pudding and an unholy thruple in your fucking mouth. And you just toss it around and roll your eyes back in your fucking head. Like you're having a goddamn pudding coma. Fucking amazing. Uh, so that guy lives in me still as I'm trying to like, I'm like, ah, I'm on the, look at me on the treadmill. Woohoo. I got a skeleton. It's working. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but at the same time, what if I ate a suitcase full of tacos? That wouldn't be so bad. You know why? Cause I'm going to be dead in 15 years. Do I hope by the way that I'm dead in 20 years? Yes. I hope it's longer because 15 years would make me like 71. I look 70s victory at this point. Right. I got to figure. Cause as I've mentioned many times outside, there's a three-way dance between heart disease and diabetes and uh, uh, cancer. They're all trying to decide who gets me. They're still fighting it out. But if I can somehow avoid their gaze until like 75, that would be a life well lived. If I somehow got 19 more years out of this fucking thing, dude, instead of 15, although that last four is going to be hard, especially if I'm biting raisins the whole fucking time. Stop biting raisins and ruin the last four years of your life. <laughs> Holy fuck, what's wrong with you, man? Don't you want the last four years of your life to be good ones? Then stop biting raisins and letting them come in your mouth, you fucking goof. Uh, All right. So in the midst of saying all of this, it dawns on me. I was telling you about podcasts. Our friend David has got the Flemcat podcast. You should check that out. And uh, our, our great friend, Fearful Jesuit, has the Paranoid Strain podcast. You should check that out. It's fun. All of this is so fun. So good. Um. And part of me, like, I should let a commercial go here, right? I should I should get back to the old format where I stop here and then let commercials happen. But part of me also, you know what? Here's the guy. I'm going to be dead in 15 years. Let's let's skip that because there will be commercials in the beginning and commercials at the end. So we're fine with that. And do me a favor. Listen to those because I don't want the fucking. All right. All right. If we're not putting commercials in now, let's do the plugs. I, I, I just, <laughs> you know why I'm doing this? I'm rushing now because I feel like I've I've taken up enough of your time. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't you wish? Don't you wish more entertainers felt like that? You know what, guys? I've clearly taken up enough of your time. How many concerts have you gone to where it's like, hey, you know what? I've taken up enough of your time. Why don't you go home with your tinnitus ringing as as we hit one final chord to send you out the door to your cars? Uh, by the way, I will tell you this. I started this show with the intent of telling you uh, stuff that I had done the past couple days that was fun and interesting, and I didn't get to any of it. And I look at where I'm at time-wise here, and I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not going to get to any of it. Uh, but I will, I will, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think you're going to love hearing about it in May. Uh, <laughs> fucking shit heel. Folks, I'm part of the Misfit Toys co-op. Uh, there's plenty of podcasts on there. I don't remember any of them. I think Never Not Funny is still part of it. And I think the Todd Glass show is still part of it. I'm going to have to do some research on the, uh, on the old Misfit Toys co-op, because I'm not sure who's still involved. Um, I found that I was plugging shows that are no longer involved, and I was like, that's fucking grim. And also, when, you do, <laughs> when you're doing uh, podcasts so few and far between, you, you, there's changes made. And you don't, if you don't stay on top of them, you don't go ahead uh, and, and figure them out. Well, that's silliness. You're just going to look ridiculous. So uh, I will tell you right now, the Misfit Toys Co-op, I believe the Todd Glass Show. Again, yeah, I'm just going to plug these people. Even if they're part, not part of the Misfit Toys Co-op, why not? I'm plugging podcasts. What the fuck else am I doing with my time? Never Not Funny is out there. Jimmy Pardo, Matt Belknap, Elliot, and Garen, the whole uh, gang, if you want to go ahead and listen to them. Doug Loves Movies is out there now. It's Doug doing amazing things. Todd Glass, the Todd Glass Show. No fun with Jen Kirkman. Uh, and then also, Hey, this is pointy with our good friends, Danielle and Kristen, uh, Christine might be Christine. Again, it's been so long since I've been in front of a microphone. I've forgotten whether or not she has a vowel at the end of her name, but she is terrific and you should go ahead and check her out. She's wonderful. Uh, also I'll, I'll plug this since we're talking about podcasts. Uh, Hey, I did a rock solid episode like a fucking month ago. I did a couple of them. We, uh, I, I don't know if he broke it into three. He might have because it was, you know, how fucking stupid we are. It turned into a uh, three hour show uh, with the skipper and Professor Two and the millionaire and his wife. Uh, it was a whole cast of crew, uh, cast of characters, casting crew, whatever. We did a show breaking down Dolly Parton's uh, rock and roll covers album, which has like 25 fucking tracks. So we just got to talk and, and, and he split it into at least two shows. So if you want to go check out the archives of the Rock Solid podcast, you should check it out uh, because I was on at least two episodes. <laughs> it might be more, but I think I was definitely on at least two because I know he split it up, but it might have been three, uh, but there's at least two. So go find them. And uh, you may have already listened and or you may not have. You may have said, fuck this. I don't blame you. Whatever you did, whatever you did with your life. Because again, the last time I talked to you, it wasn't even fucking Thanksgiving. How crazy is that? Uh, I'm, I'll be better. He said, but then he also realized the talk was cheap. And then he realized that people hated him. And he didn't know why he was bothering them. Why showing up inside their phone after so long, hoping they would listen or care what he had to say. And then instead he wound up going on and talking about nothing that they liked. And then they sent him mails telling him that he was a jerk for not doing a show. And then he was a jerk for doing a show. And why doesn't he just close the curtains and hide? Uh, that's the new theme song for the show. I should cut that out and play it in the beginning. Uh, all right. So check out all the Misfit Toys co-op shows. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw these out here, uh, just because, 
Uh, I, I'll only throw one because I think only one needs it. But first of all, let me thank the Patreon people. I'm going to say I thank you. You're amazing. You're incredible. I cannot... <laughs> You know, some people have have left, certainly, and they've written me, and I, I do not blame you. I, I need to write you back and go, hey, man, I you know what? I get it. I totally get it. Um, you're very nice to me. The people who have been very nice to me are very, very nice to me, and thank you. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you that I'm on Cameo if you want me to talk to you personally. Uh, look, I'm always available on Cameo. I Certainly, podcasts are hit or miss. They're hither and yon. They're come and go, whatever the fuck. But Cameo, forget about it. I'm right there in your phone. I'm, I'm alive. I'm nationwide. I'm right there in your eyes, your naked steaming eyes. Uh, go to bookcameo.com or get the Cameo app on your phone and say, hey, Mike, do me a favor. Send me a thing. Tell me what's going on with your life. And I will. Uh, I'm going to take this time to mention my great friend, Manny Moe, who I may have mentioned on the last show I did. Uh, Manny Moe has been unbelievable and kind and helpful to the show. And, and, uh, he's actually achieved, uh, uh, Jeremy and Ahmad status. Uh, Manny Moe is now also one of the, the co-CEOs of, uh, I called it Emerald Alawadi LLC. Uh, and so I, uh, em- I'm going to call it Emerald Man, Emerald Man Alawadi, because we don't want to put all you know Manny and they're just his name. Uh, Emerald Man Alawadi uh, LLC. He's part of the he's part of the triumvirate now. There's three guys who basically have kept me from jumping off a bridge, and I appreciate them so much. Thank you to all of them, Manny Mo. Thank you. You've entered the. Pa- I'm going to call it the Pantheon. Is what I'm going to call it. That seems ridiculous. Uh, but now, but now you have a job. How sad is that? You're like, oh, what the fuck. Uh, but Manny Mo has been incredibly encouraging to me with, uh, and I feel I've, you know, I've let him down as I've let you down, but he sent me pep talks. He's always been there to kind of say, Hey man, just like Jamie and everybody who's reached out and sent me notes, uh, people who I don't, I don't read your notes, but I see you've sent me a note, Dan, or, you know, uh, James and Adam, everybody, people who sent me notes are very kind. Uh, Daryl, you're all very cool. And, and please know that I feel, uh, you know, shame, uh, all the shame in the world. It's, if that brings you any sort of solace, if that brings you any sort of comfort, please know I feel all the shame in the world for the, my behavior or lack of behaviors over the past few months. Um, it's, it's just, it, and again, I, I, from what I've been told, there might be the letters A and D involved. There might be an HD involved as well. Uh, I don't know. I and because I it's not like I'm talking to a real therapist. I'm talking to fucking people online, and who knows what the fuck they know. I don't know what anybody means. Um, but I, you know, all of your diagnoses sound correct. Everybody has diagnosed me with something, and I, you know, what I'm going to think. I, yeah, I'm going to say I'm a I'm a crazy quilt of all of your diagnoses. Everything you guys have forwarded, or, or and everything you've said, and advanced as the theory of what's wrong with me. You know what? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> so by the way, if you call eight, eight, six, two, four, four, nine, again, remind that kid that he's got a lot of work to do a, f- a fuck ton of work to do. Go ahead and get him involved. Uh, all right. So I'm on cameo. If you want to include me in your phone as well, if you want to, if you've talked to old me, look, call young me at eight, eight, six, two, four, four, nine. Uh, don't please don't call them because they'll be mad. Um, but that was my phone number when I was a kid, one of them. Uh, I had several phone numbers that I remember. I What if I told you all of them? What if I did that? What if I just did a show reciting my old phone numbers? Stupid. Uh, but on Cameo, you can talk to old me. And the old, on 886-2449, you're talking to young me. 
and trying to straighten me out. But on Cameo, you're talking to old me, and I'm, I'll tell you happy birthday, or I'll tell you go jump off a fucking bridge, whatever you want me to do. Look, uh, you can use Cameo. Here, we can do this. Uh, if you ever feel lost, if you ever feel like, you know what, I'm going to end it all, book me on Cameo. It'll be like a suicide hotline, but at the same time, you're giving me 20 bucks. <laughs> so, so it's almost like, you know what, I'm, I'm, uh, you're, you're, I'm doing you a turn by making sure you don't off yourself and you're doing me a turn by giving me $20 for the privilege. Look at that. Have you ever had a, have you ever wanted to have a celebrity talk you off a ledge? I'm, I'm, well, first of all, I'm not a celebrity. Have you ever wanted to have an internet personality talk you off of a ledge? Well, I, I'll step right up and I will fill those shoes. I'm happy to do it. Uh, book me on Cameo, cameo.com, or no, book cameo.com, or put on the Cameo uh, app. That would be cool if you thought about that. And also, I have channels. Did you know I have channels? You should know this. Uh, I have the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Our great friend KC puts up all the archives. Uh, and, uh, some people take advantage of them. Some people don't, but they are there. If you ever want to go ahead and listen to the old shows when, when there, when there's nothing coming out of your iPod speakers, but dust, when you tap my name, uh, then you should pivot to YouTube and go ahead and find me on there. Because in the old days I talked a lot and also I was funny. Uh, not that I'm not funny now, because let's face it, this has been, look, if I'm not even going to say that I was funny on this broadcast, but I'm going to say this. My voice sounded amazing, and I was charming. I'm going to say I'm going to own charming on this. I, I'm, I sound, right now, I sound like somebody you'd want to have a long dinner with, don't I? You think to yourself, well, I mean, as long as you did most of the talking. Like, I'll listen. I'm a good listener at dinner. Uh, I'll, I'll avoid the feedback for the pudding, and I'll eat some sort of normal entree. Let's get a Wellington. What do you say? You want to meet me? Split, split a Wellington somewhere? Why not? If you come to L.A., we'll go to Musso and Frank's. We'll get a fucking pork chop as big as your fucking tricep, and we'll go to work on that. Let's fucking do it. And let's do it like Lady in the Tramp style. Come to town. We go to Musso and Frank's. I go, you know what? Do me a favor. Give me a pork chop as big as this guy's fucking thigh. And they pull it out, and I start on one end, and you start on the other, and let's see who gets to the fucking middle first. Let's do it. Me and you and pork and dogs. Let's fucking go to work. And we don't even go to the alley. I'm not going to be in shame in the alley eating noodles and meatballs trying to avoid the customers. Fuck that. Give me a table right up front. I I demand a pork chop that is as big as this fucking guy's spleen. That's what I want. And they'll be like, well, that's not very big. And I go, shut the fuck up, man. You haven't seen this guy's spleen. <laughs> Depending on who it is. Uh, I demand a pork chop that uh, that could fit in a frame and sit on a wall and people would go, oh, look at this delightful pork chop. It's so big. And then you and I will just fucking work it. We'll just, And at the end, it'll just be a bone in our greasy pork lips pressed against one another as we make eye contact. I demand it. Come to my town. Let's go to Musso and Frank's and eat a pork chop as big as a fucking raccoon and fucking eat the shit out of it. Uh, or you can book me on Cameo. Or you can watch me on YouTube, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, and also, I have another channel called the Twitch channel. It's a ghost town, too. Jesus Christ, I'm terrible. Uh, but go look, because there are previous clips. You can go, that guy was funny when a bear almost killed him. Uh, hey, remember when he fought Mr. X and he freaked the fuck out? <laughs> All of those are great. I was trying to explain Mr. X to uh, somebody the other day, Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. Because I didn't, I had no reference point. And when I started to play it, and the noise when he comes out of the fucking fiery helicopter crash, and he just makes these footsteps and this noise, 
I was explaining it to Lenny and he's just like, that sounds freaky. And I'm like, it was because I also Lenny watched the last of us on HBO. And I was trying to explain to him how much better the game was. The show was fine. Uh, there were real high points in it, but then also they rushed way too much of it. Cause again, when you play the video game, you're spending like 80 hours playing last of us. And then they wrap it up in six hours on HBO, whatever the fuck. So I told him, I go, when you're playing the game, it's completely different too. I go, cause you're making your way through fucking all these monsters and the clickers. I said, I can't explain to you the terror when you played last of us and you heard the clicker noise when you were somewhere that fucking like, that, I can't even do it. And, and it was so fucking scary. And uh, it was the same way in Resident Evil 2 when Skinless Jones would show up. I didn't care for him at all. Uh, in Resident Evil 2, Mr. X, though, he was, you would hear the footsteps. Like, all of a sudden, he would show up, and you'd be like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And you'd be running, and he's fucking, ch- and can't kill him. He's chasing you. You'd hide in a fucking broom closet. Dude, it was fucking amazing. I wish I could relive it. I want to play it again just to relive it. Maybe I'll do that. Regardless, the clips are on twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You should check those out. Go get them. That's what I say. Go get them. As if I were some sort of college football fan in the 20s. Go get them. Go get those clips and enjoy them. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Both are available for you to go watch. Cameo, I can be booked. Uh, Misfit Toys Co-op. Go listen to those shows. Paranoid Strain and Flemcat. Those are out there as well. And uh, hey, look at this. We did one. Nice. All in this together. Hands in. Everybody, let's go. Clear hearts, full minds, healthy body. I don't know that fucking show. I just know the parts of it sort of in my brain. Uh, But we did it. Look at that. We finally made it happen. We got off the schneid. All right. We're back at the game. Back at the podcast. Oh, wait. Oh, I got to check the manual. Hold on right here. Uh, Where do we leave off? If capable, tell a long form story. Uh, Oh, wait. There's an addendum I didn't even see. Try to hold the listener's attention. By making sure your story has a satisfying conclusion, or as we say in the podcasting business, a payoff. A payoff. So, uh, if capable, tell a long-form story. Try to hold the listener's attention by making sure your story has a satisfying conclusion, or as we say in the podcasting business, a payoff. Now, I'm not going to be so arrogant as to state whether or not the show or the story or anything that I've done today has had a payoff. Uh, But I can tell you that I tried. And really, isn't that all we can do in our lives for the last 15 years we spend on this planet before we wind up fucking swimming in dirt toward hell or wherever the fuck we're going to wind up? I don't know where the fuck we're going. Uh, All right, let me put a check mark on that. I want to make sure that I I handle. There we go. Check marked. I've engaged the listener. Hold on. I greeted the listener in a friendly and familiar fashion. I engaged the listener with quips and anecdotes. Uh, It is a comedy show, so I did strive to make them humorous. Uh, and if capable, I think I am. I told a long form story. Uh, I tried to hold the listener's attention to make sure your story had a satisfying conclusion uh, or a payoff, as we say in the business. So uh, it's up for you to decide whether or not I was able to do any or all of those things. But please know that finally uh, I made the effort. And just the very fact that you're hearing these words means it was worth it. Because anybody who's still willing to give me any fucking segment of their life is a goddamn champion in my eyes. And thank you so much for staying with me. And and I will I will be better and try to be best going forward. And uh and uh you know, I'm born aloft on the shoulders and ears of the people who care. And that's you. And 
I do everything I can to make you not care. And for some strange reason, you continue to still support and care. And I can't tell you how much it means to me. You know this. And every show winds up with this fucking recitation of me telling you how much you mean to me. But it's because I've been away. You know, I, again, I, I feel like an, I'm, the, I'm the abusive Internet boyfriend. Oh, hey, honey, just take me back. Come on, man. You know, think of all the good times we've had. You love me, right? I love you. You know I love you. You know I'd do anything for you. Why not invite me back into your heart and your ears and your earbuds? And uh, and I promise this time it'll be different. <laughs> but this time, I really mean it. You guys are the fucking best. And uh, you'll hear from me soon. I didn't want to say next week. It might be sooner than that. What the fuck? And actually, although it could be May, who knows? Get your coins out and start flipping them <laughs> because Schmitty's back in town. <laughs> Thanks, guys.